following program may contain forced language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. It's that time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the Toonami Top 10, brought to you by the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... Paul Biscrillo, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And... It's Rod Derail Maddox. And... Your favorite cat, Happy Crow Kitty. And... Hey, it's VLORGTZ. And sir, not appearing in this podcast will be CJ Maffris. So it's been a while since we've done one of these. I want to say four, five years. Um, three. It's been at least three. Yeah, almost three. I have no sense of time, but really, who does? <laughs> who does <laughs> this year? Dude, we have like literally changed. five years into 2020. <laughs> yeah, five years yeah. into 2020. Mm. Uh, pretty accurate. Yeah. This has been a long decade of a year. <laughs> it sure has. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope that we don't start 2020 number two next year. Uh, don't even think we're that into existence. Don't even think that. <laughs> well, last time we did one of these things, we decided to include or rather the past two times that we did this, we included shows from both the Cartoon Network era and the Adult Swim era of Toonami. But this time, just to kind of take the nostalgia out of it a little bit, we are going to focus only on shows that were on the Adult Swim era of Toonami that started in 2012. And I guess there's nothing further to do than to just get right into it. So... V-Lord, you're going to kick us off with number 10. Mm, awesome. The pressure is on. <laughs> but yeah, my number 10 is Kill a Kill. Um, I've always been a big fan of Trigger and Hiroyuki Mayushi. So this show just kind of hit all the right notes for me. The action, kind of the over-the-top feelings all the time, and the just r- really bombastic cast. And all of it together just works really well. It also helps that uh, the music by Hiroki Suwano is beautiful. And the dub is also really good. And that was one thing when I was watching on Toonami that really surprised me. Like, I think this was one of my favorite Aniplex dubs when it came out. And it probably is still really high up there for me. Um, So yeah, I think overall, Kill a Kill is such a fun show. And... It just always sticks in my memory because there's so many great twists and turns. Like it starts out as really kind of like Ryuko just fighting like the school and uh, Satsuki. But then it has all these twists and it just becomes this far bigger thing than you'd ever imagine. And I I just love that about it. Uh, Yeah. I I, I take it Curl didn't like that. No. (laughs) 
I, it is one of, for, in my opinion, I know people love it and everyone's going to hate me for saying this, but the most cringeworthy, cheesy, over-sexualized show I've ever seen on Toonami. I have a strong aversion to it. I could not, I couldn't handle the level of cheesiness behind like, you know, the extreme fights, the clothing being entities and the alien. It was just, it was too much for me. It it wasn't really my thing. I didn't really get into the story. I didn't really get into the characters and I didn't really like the way they had like, you know, that the way this the sexualization of everything was portrayed it just it just rubbed me the wrong way but i totally get it it's it's not my thing personally but if you liked it all the more power to you yeah i mean i think that's completely fair like it's definitely not a show for everyone and i think especially a lot of trigger shows have a very specific audience in mind um as far as like the sexualization goes i'm on like two sides on that on one hand it definitely kind of gets very uh overbearing at times but it does justify that in the narrative with its messages about kind of self-identity and like kind of trying to break away from like just the conforming to social norms i have a better word it gets very boobalicious (laughs) i mean and that's the thing though like there it's not the fan service is there but i feel like there is some thematic purpose to it it's like in like say the woman called fujikomine fujiko's naked like 90 percent of the time but there's a reason why it's there and that's part of why i kind of respect it like it's it's not just like trying to be titillating it's trying to at least like give it some reason i mean i guess i could agree with that but I, i think it's more or less i think that they were just trying to go for more of a like comedic thing because I mean you can't you couldn't really take Kill a Kill seriously. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, 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 definitely. Like I, I I will not deny that. And and I think that just added to it. I don't think it was meant to be there to be like, ooh, fan service, fan service, fan service. I think it was more. And I mean, even when the men you saw it happen a little bit with the men, like you were kind of like, okay. This is nudist beach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is one thing I've uh, thought about kind of a bit, uh, just going to anime expo and like seeing a lot of the trigger panels. And last year, especially when Imaishi was there, he talked a little bit about kind of his thought process on his series. And a common one that he always tries to have is this uh, reverse on kind of good and evil especially with how he color codes things and just how he conveys messages. And you see that here too, where like the villains initially like Satsuki and the Academy are all dressed in like white and Ryuko is dressed in black. And it's those kind of little things where like, yeah, it's this super ridiculous show, but there's still a lot of thought put into the little aspects. I agree. You know, I don't, I don't want to really dwell on this too much because we have, a bunch of you know there's four more of us with the top with a number 10 obviously so um but i will say that this show even though like you know i i liked the show i thought the animation was definitely different um as i've as i usually say on these when i when i when i do a top 10 this one wasn't on my list so we can eliminate that right now <laughs> mm-hmm. okay then to what you said about the dub that's the mighty power of Alex Von David. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
And that I will agree with you on. Yes, the the, the dub for this show was incredible. Especially uh, when they uh, dubbed that one character, the guy with the Kansai accent. Oh yes. Yeah, because there's Mr. So Moneybags. Many, yeah, there's so many ways you can interpret a Kansai accent because there's no exact one to one. But I love what Alex von David chose for that. It it works so well given the context of the show. Hmm. That's what AVD does. Yeah, he do. Yeah, he do. Uh, but I still love his fucking Twitter Twitter rants, man. When he just <laughs> dude, like anytime he just like goes on a tangent on Twitter, I'm there to just mess with him the whole fucking time. <laughs> How you doing, there, buddy? <laughs> and it's just understood, man. <laughs> Okay, Kuro, what is your number 10? Uh, uh, this might be unexpected. It's Genlock. I have to say number one reason is Michael B. Frickin' Jordan. I mean, he is such an amazing character. He's such an incredible actor. And he, he's such a big fan of the anime community in general that I love that he just really pushed this project into the forefront and the character he plays is such an interesting character like the whole premise of of being these mecha and and the integration of the characters is really interesting the the fight scenes are excellent the action scenes are excellent but part of the reason that i really love it is the characters kami she's adorable in her little scottish accent uh kazu how he speaks japanese the whole time Val, who's gender fluid, which is really interesting to see that they make that happen in real time, like that she actually can physically switch genders, you know, surgery free. Um, David Tennant as Dr. Weller. It, it's it's a really cool show. It's way too short. I really want to see the next part of it. And and it, it I thought the storyline was so compelling of having this union come out of nowhere. There's a lot of mysterious elements as to why they're they're trying to take over, you know, the world the way they are, that it makes me want to explore. And it's got a really, I'm going to give an, a, a video game reference here. It's got a really strong Horizon Zero Dawn element to it. And I'm obsessed with Horizon Zero Dawn. So I just thought rich storytelling, great characters, um, and great voice actors and good action. And that's, a, to, to me, that's a combo for a win. And that's why it's on my top 10. And I hope that people who didn't like it the first time, give it a second shot. Absolutely. It's a great show. I wanted to say that uh, the concept of Michael G. <clears throat> Michael B. Jordan's character, how he has to play both those roles of the him who believes he is the real thing and then also the copy that has to live as a machine forever well eventually they both have to live as machines but it's it's such an interesting dynamic uh like an interesting conflict they're like wait this guy seems to know like exactly how we're gonna fight him why is that oh he's one of us actually sort of it's Yes. That was a good mystery element to it. And then with the reveal, you're like, oh, dang, that's dark. So <laughs> Genlock to me, like, first of all, anytime we get American 
action cartoons on Toonami, and these days, I'm I'm in a hundred percent. But you know, for me, the reason this show wasn't on my list was because I just felt like it, it like you said, it was it was way too short for the first season, and. While it did have action and it did have a good start, I felt like there's more that I wanted to see from this show. So um, I'm hoping, yeah, and I'm I'm excited for season two as well. So I'm hoping to see a lot more, you know, good things come from this show. And hopefully it'll be on Mr. DeMarco. Yeah, and and hopefully and hopefully it'll be on. uh, It'll it'll actually be on Toonami season two because you know obviously that's HBO Max that's doing that so here's the hoping so i'm embarrassed to say that i never finished the show <laughs> go to your cage it's such your a garbage. small commitment man go come on right now i know you have vrv start to finish <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll finish it hopefully before season two happens oh, you know what, man? You <laughs> that's not gonna happen okay okay yeah. The The other thing, the other part about it that they did well was, I hate to use this term, but I, that's the only thing I can think of to use it, but they normalized diversity. They didn't try to make themselves seem great for having these diverse set of characters. It was just, this is how it is and it works. You know, they all came from different backgrounds. They all were different types of types of, of, of genders and, and race or whatever. It was all, it all worked so well. It meshed really well. And where we have a lot of trouble in anime seeing diverse characters, I think this did a really good job of, of showing that. And, and I like to see that. And I like to see it where it's just integrated really fluidly. So that was, that was the other part about it that I liked. And I also Great. like that when it handled the differences in cultures, it was really believable. Like the Japanese guy couldn't really understand Val yeah. because of the differences in their cultures. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name. The the defector, that gal, and her her complicated story, and the fact yes. that she's also Arab, right? Yes. Yeah, and the differences she's in that Iranian. culture. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah. And when they show what she uh, individualizes herself as in the, like the internet world space, yeah. that's that's yeah. all very interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's not in a way that like beats you over the head with it. It's like these these are different cultures. This is how they would interact with each other because of their differences, and it mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. I agree. So. That's it's good to see. Very. And please, more American action cartoons on Toonami. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, please. So I guess that brings us to CJ's number ten, and this is going to be a controversial pick. Dimension W. Ugh. Really? Yeah, he liked Dimension what, W. What was his reason? What was his reason? You know, he didn't give me uh, specific reasons for any of these, really, but he, he said he liked it. Now, I think... Um, you know my thoughts on that shit. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> I do I'm know, and you hate the bullshit science in it. Series. 
<laughs> it should have. It was. It was a fine. It was a fine premise, but it was too short. It should have been twenty four episodes. Oh, absolutely. Long. They rushed it way too much. Dude, I figured out what the hell Dimension W was on the goddamn second damn. I think it was either the second or the third episode, and I literally said what it was, man. I mean, for the love of quantum physics and mechanics. Yeah. I will say what I appreciate about Dimension W. <laughs> Uh, Loser was a great character. I liked Loser a lot. And uh, Mira was fantastic. Robot I, Poots. I liked, I liked the relationship between Mira and... Uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? K- K- uh, <laughs> Mabuchi. I, was, I, what's, was I can't remember his first name. Kiyoma, maybe? Yeah, it's Kiyoma Mabuchi. Yeah, Kiyoma Mabuchi. <laughs> That's in the promo. It sounds like it's saying Mama Booch. Uh, I like I like his character. I just wish he was nicer to Mira. That's all I want. He's such an asshole to Mira. And I suppose he has his reasons for not liking robots, but still, she's not a normal robot. He needs to respect her. She's a babelicious robot, that's for sure. <laughs> oh no. That's the real reason TJ picked it. <laughs> now we it broke all the makes code. sense now. Maybe. Dude, she was Maybe. like the modern version of Penelope Pitstop Man from Wacky Racers. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, that's what she re- that's what she reminded me of. Some of y'all too young know who Penelope Pitstop is and Wacky Racers, but it's okay. <laughs> Darrell is considered ancient now these days. I am one of the last dinosaurs, people. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Paul. Yeah, you are a dinosaur. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll grill CJ on his pick on that one <laughs> yeah. before we talk again at the second half of this. But yeah, Dimension W. Yeah, that was nowhere near my list. <laughs> I did not, not mine either. I yeah, I. Took I I don't hate Dimension W, but in there's so many good shows that aired on Toonami <laughs> that there's so many good shows that aired on Toonami that I I can't even it's like it's it's in the bottom ten yeah like I Easily. don't even hate the show I just found nothing from it in like yeah exactly that that's how I yeah. feel I didn't I didn't think it was a bad show I just was like this is just an okay show but it's there are. Like, are some things that were undeniable. It did well on Tsunami. The, it held yeah. the audience well at Dragon Ball Kai at the time, yeah. And it, had it was nice that, oh, yeah, which we only got once. <laughs> <laughs> Though I, I do appreciate the... A lot of times they do a really bad job of cutting the openings for Tsunami, particularly Funimation. So when they decided to just make it like a fade-in with the logo, I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. It's... It's less painful than a bad edit, in my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, that opening is great. It's the best part of the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely on my driving list. <laughs> but uh, the fact we only got it one time on Toonami, maybe twice, maybe the last episode they also played it in some capacity. I forget. But I do appreciate I do appreciate that it was like an early simul dub coming from Funimation when that kind of thing was pretty uncommon. So and and they let Toonami have it too. Yeah, thanks Funimation for letting Toonami premiere that. Um, can we do that more? Thanks. Yeah, yeah, mm, absolutely. I mean, at least they do it with Attack on Titan usually. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the next number ten here. Ah, uh, yes, my 
Number 10. Uh, my number 10 will also be perhaps controversial. And I had to think about this long and hard. And it just barely squeaked into my top 10. But I just can't deny the amount of entertainment that I got out of this show being on the block and just all the conversation that it created. And I think you know where I'm going with this. It's Sword Art Online. Nice. I actually don't think that's, I actually don't think that's controversial at all. Well, that's one, one person's yeah. opinion. So there's a lot of things that I like about Sword Art. I particularly really like the love story between Kirito and Asuna. No matter what anybody says about the harem, it's always going to be Kirito and Asuna only. He's Bless. He only has eyes for her, okay? So I'll just get that out of the way. But obviously, we've talked on and off again about how Aincrad was really great, and they needed to expand upon that. So thank you for SAO Progressive. Looking forward to it. But... Even I'm looking forward to that. Even though there's lots of just awful stuff that happens in SAO, and I I really don't like a lot of that, pretty much any of that. There's just I love the characters, I I love the the playful nature that they have with each other, like when they're goofing around and they're having a good time, and. I just I just really enjoyed the show being around and the dub is fantastic. Thank you, Alex Von David and everybody involved. It's it's just a fun show to have on. And even though I would not say it is among the best shows that Tsunami has ever aired, it's it's just it's it's in my top ten this time because it has been an enjoyable experience and I had a good time with it. Pretty much every time it's come back to the block. And I so look forward to people experiencing this final 11 episodes of Alicization because, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, you have no idea what you're in for. That's a solid pick. I have no comments other than that's a solid pick. Yeah. Uh, you, know, I'm, sound. you know, I'm going to say this and... I almost put it on my top ten, but it's not on my top ten. It's actually one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not a big SAL fan, but, like, I don't really have any complaints about people liking it. And, like, the first arc is still, like, the best part of, like, the series in my eyes. There's just one problem that it's missing. (laughs) It's always that one aspect of SAL that pisses me off, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's so yeah, the rapey scenes, man. That yeah. that is the one thing that I fucking hate because you do not need it within this series, the manga, light novel, whatever the hell it is, or the anime yeah. to get across. It's especially point. frustrating because yes, it was like from like Reki's like original like web novel version of SAO, <laughs> but he could have easily gotten rid of it for the light novel version. Yeah, but I mean, he chose not to. It doesn't add anything to the story, and it doesn't take away by taking it out. So All it yeah. does is just gives the charge for incels and freaking pedophiles with their libido. You know, that's the only thing that pisses me off about it, because I'm like, rape is a serious thing with me. And especially, you know, 
Yeah. It's like yeah, a show like Sword Art should not try to breach that topic. I mean, it is like the it is always the elephant in the room, and then some people are like, oh yes, I love this. No, this is never good. But the thing is, I can still, you know, separate fact from fiction. But it's just a simple fact that even though it's an anime, I know this is not real. I was like, it still highlights that aspect of what actually happens in the real world, though. That's completely legitimate point of view. And I think it's okay to feel that way about any series that has that. Because there's a lot of series, let's be honest, that do. We never talk about it. We never talk about it. So it's it's good to have a line. It's good to have a line. But yeah, I think other than that, it's a solid pick sketch. So Plus, yeah, the dub's amazing. Yeah. 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 Yes, the dub is amazing, and you know, I'm guessing that you mean when you say Sword Art Online, you mean everything. So I do mean everything. Yeah. So I mean, I I have to say, as a whole, Sword Art Online together is good. There's just some things in there that you just sit there and you kind of scratch your head and oh yeah, what the hell just happened? I mean, like, Einkrad is easily the best storyline so far, but. It doesn't have Sinon, and Sinon is best girl. So that's yes. a problem. But My favorite little sniper. But um, like the season two, which contains uh, Gun Gale and Mother's Rosario, like there are great stuff in there. And there are really stupid things in there, too. <laughs> that kind of drag it down. But yeah. And then Alicization, I was honestly pretty bored with the first half of Alicization and to a lesser extent, the, the first part of the war, but man, it it pays off. <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that. But at the end of the day, it has great action, fantastic music, very well animated. And it's got all the good elements of an action show. The problem is it's just got some gross stuff in it. And part of me feels like I shouldn't have it in my top 10 because of that. But I just I can't deny that I have enjoyed watching it. It's okay. It's, so there it is. It's the fact that you're not okay with that <laughs> uncomfortable part. You can still like this man because you understand the severity of that. So there is nothing wrong with that being in your number ten and saying that it's solid. It's just the fact that you understand and respect that part, that aspect that you know that it doesn't need to be there. And it's the, like I said, it's that elephant in the room that people don't like to address. And then when some people address it, they have no issues with it, saying mm-hmm. that there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. I would agree. Okay. Well, Darrell, it's time for your number 10. Now, I know mine probably going to get some flag man and some feedback, but uh, I actually enjoy Tension Muyo GXP being on there. That's my number 10. <laughs> The controversial picks keep coming. <laughs> I mean, what? Top 10? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Plead your case. I mean, I love it, man. It's Tenchi Muyo. Like, it's like, um, basically, it's not the Tenchi that we first got introduced to. It was more comedic, you know. And, yeah, this dude just had women falling over him, over him. <laughs> and dude was literally just a walking goddamn train wreck. I mean, what's not to love about it, man? It was just a funny, light series in the Tenchi Muyo universe. And it's just part of that Tenchi um, universe continuum that, you know, it fills in a gap. It's a totally different story, but the thing is, you find out more things as you get into, like, the Tenchi Muyo series as a whole. 
because I mean this like connects to War on Geminar and then the last Tenchi series that we saw. Um, what was it? Um, our well, whatever the hell it is on um, Crunchyroll, man. I forgot the series, but um, I Tenchi. No, not I Tenchi Muyo. That's like oh, the last OVA. Short. Yeah, the last OVA actually gives a lot of information about War on Geminar and how it connects to um, Tenchi Muyo GXP. And the thing is, with that, you actually do get to see Sena. Um, Sena is actually leveled up a little bit. He ain't exactly the walking calamity that he used to be, but. I, I mean, Tenchi Mo IGPX was just, it was just something that I enjoyed. And deal. Just called it Tenchi Mo IGPX. Yeah. And somewhere Jose <laughs> is screaming. Yeah, it's okay, Jose. I've probably been drinking at this point, man. Or I'm just tired. No, probably. I'm not. No, I wasn't drinking. I'm just tired, y'all. Seriously. I am literally tired. But Tenchi Mo GXP, not IGPX. Sorry, Jose, I love you, but there isn't shit you can do to me. I can kick your ass. Let's be real. <laughs> if it's a harem, you know you're in, because that's that's what you like. I kind of feel like that's your thing. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. <laughs> if only there were better harem shows that aired on Toonami. It's, it's one of my things, but the thing is, Tenchi Muyo is what actually got me into harem anime. But well, the thing is, with Tenchi, you know, you got, you got Samurai, Space Samurai, you got freaking mechas, spaceship, different aliens. You know, you got a little bit of magical girl stuff here with Pretty Sammy. And it's just there. It's, it's a lot of science fiction into it, too. But overall, it was just solid for me. <laughs> this show, this is another show that was nowhere near my list. Um, <laughs> well, you're a real house suck sometimes. I find the space police <laughs> aspect of this show to be very weak in particular. But I, I'm, I'm sure Colt will be sitting here going, thank you, Darrell. <laughs> you know, I, I love the data monkey, man. I, he gets on my nerves sometimes, but I still love him. Oh, that would have been his number one show. You know damn well that would have been his number one show. Ah, not his number one, but no, probably top five. He would have planted his flag with that one. <laughs> Sorry, Colt, I have to harass you. Oh, wow. I mean, I you, got, you gotta love the data monkey, man. <sighs> <laughs> that show, Tenchi Muyo GXP, the ending of that show made me want to throw my remote control at the TV. <laughs> yeah, like, GXP and, like, Ryoki 3, like, killed the franchise for me. Like, at this point, I just don't care about Tenchi Muyo anymore. There's no need for Tenchi, V-Lord. There's no need for Tenchi. <laughs> Yes, the best title ever. I, I just they they picked the wrong Tenshi to put on. But we, oh, absolutely. We 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 had that we had that argument a long time ago. So yeah. I'm not going to get into it. At this point. I mean, like I enjoyed it being on Tsunami because I'm a Tenshi fan. You know, I'm biased on this one right here. That's the you know this is the only reason why. But I enjoyed it though. I mean, I, I just can't. I can't deny it. I I actually own Tenshi Muyo GXP. Oh. Right along with the rest of it. I gave mine to Duelist. A good choice. Let Duelist suffer. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a very long time to actually send it to him, but I eventually did. I liked it. There uh, is a shit you can do about it. Anybody want to fight me? We can meet at the edge of the world, and we can do this with swords. That sounds like a losing battle six right feet there. Apart, though. A six feet apart, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very <laughs> important. Very important. <laughs> All right, I'll say I'll say this about Tenchi Muyo GXP. I thought Sena was an okay character. 
Lucinda was an okay character. I don't know why all these women like him, but I mean that's that's a harem for you. I mean, the harem had some pretty cute characters on it. Yeah. 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 Uh, didn't have the best animation though, so like the fan service was pretty disappointing in that regard. Yeah. But yeah. I uh, mm, GXP man. Oh goodness. Victor Ralph brought up some bad memories. Oh boy. So I can bring it back to normal, please. Okay, Paul. What is your number ten? All right. Well, let me. Let me just say this real quick. Um, I'm sure some of you are sitting here going, Paul put Thundercats number one again, didn't he? No, that's not going to happen. Um, so my number 10 is a series that actually just recently aired and is currently airing on Toonami. Um, it took me by surprise. You know, it's turning into probably the biggest anime franchise even bigger than one piece at this point. So I just was like, you know what, this, this has to be on my list, but it's not quite, you know, high enough right now where I can put it up in the top five, but my number 10, just to get to it is uh, demon slayer. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. You've done the proper job. So, you know, what it's, what attracted me to demon slayer, um, Besides V-Lord and others, like, being like, you need to watch a series. You need to watch a series. You need to watch a series. Okay, I'm watching the series. Um, (laughs) The dub was good. Um, I thought they did a really good job with the dub. And to me, honestly, an anime series is is made or broken by the dub. Um, Because if you can't can't stand the voices of these characters, you're not going to be into these series. Um, obviously you all know, I love action. Demon Slayer has plenty of action. Um, and there were just several times throughout the series where Demon Slayer kind of just struck a chord with me. And and I'm not just talking about that scene where that, that scene where, um, you know, he has the, he, he comes out of nowhere and just starts doing the fire dance and that animation is just beautiful. Um, I'm talking about like where you see the you see the other side of the demon that the demon wasn't always and me and V Lord have had this conversation. The demon isn't always it's it's not it's not what what am I looking for? It's not like they're not just evil. They there's there's a good side to them and you get They to have dimension them. and they have depth. Yes, they have depth. There, there's more to the character than what you thought, and um, I just thought how they how um, it's eleven o'clock at night, and I'm 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 forgetting characters' names. Tanjiro basically pays respect to every single demon he kills. They could sit there and sh- and like almost hack him to pieces, and he will still pay respect to the demon after after striking them down and i just to me that just made the series for me and you know that's kind of why i wanted to put it on my list and i think it's it's definitely good at number 10 why not higher out of curiosity it's on my list too just uh i mean as i go through my list you'll under you'll see the progression okay you'll you'll get an understanding of why that is yeah um 
But I mean, I think Demon Slayer is just starting out, and I feel like the anime is just going to get better from here. I hope it's going to get better from here. Yeah. Um, another series, I won't say it right now. I'll, I'll talk about it when I do the honorable mention for that series. But one of the series that I wanted to put in my top ten, when it got into it, the one arc, it just kind of let me down, and I was just like, I can't really put this in my top ten. So. Um, that's how Demon Slayer actually slid in because that series basically hurt itself. So it's a good pick. It's a good series, and I have it on my list too. Yeah, same here. That's why I'm kind of being silent right now. Same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once we, I think when we, as we go through these, I mean, let's just if we repeat something you know, briefly touch on it, give your thoughts, and then we can kind of move into the next whatever that is. Say, like, V-Lord does it at number nine. You know, we can just kind of do it that way and just kind of keep progressing because I think, you know, we can't say 50 different more things about a series. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Nope. It, 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 it had, uh, you know, we talked about it when we, we had the Demon Slayer episode, and I said then what I'm probably going to say next about you know, the excellent animation, the great character relationships, the good storytelling, and um, the fact that it took me by surprise. I thought it would just be something I'd seen before. So um, it, it's a good pick, and I'm glad it's on someone else's list. And, and what I will say as you go through my, as my as we talk about my list, um, as we go through my list, and, I, and it might be the same with everybody else's, I have a good mixture of shows that just came out of surprise and were, and I was just like, wow, what, what just happened? And then shows you would sit there and be like, I knew Paul was going to put that on the list. So. <laughs> well, nice to know there'll be some surprises. Well, I mean, if you've listened to the podcast there, it, there, there shouldn't be too many surprises, but I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Oh, right. Well, V-Lord, number nine. Oh, boy. No pressure. pressure. (laughs) Yeah, so my number nine is Mob Psycho 100. So before Mob even came out or was on Tanami, I was a big fan of One Punch Man. I really loved One's writing. Um, But Mob was one of those series that I never really could see animated just because, like, it's drawn by One, and One has a very distinct style. But... The anime just did such a surprising job of being able to capture what made the manga so appealing uh, with one's unique visuals, with the kind of very distinct character designs, and also elevated with just insane animation. Like, Bones went all out with this. Like, especially the scenes where Mob is at like 100% power and like you see him just go ham on everything. It's like, it's just a testament to the beauty of animation. And I, I really got to give credit also to Yuzu Tachikawa, the director. Like he's done a lot more kind of cooler things in recent years too. Like he was the director on Decadence and uh, one of the recent Conan movies. But here you really kind of saw him kind of break in his chops, like prove really kind of the talent that he has in taking these scenes and really kind of elevating them and twisting them in unique ways. And I'm one of those people that usually is like, Oh, go read the manga, go read the manga. Cause I'm a manga guy. But 
Mob was a case where I felt the anime was such a unique experience that regardless of like if you read the manga, regardless of like your preferences, I felt that it, it was an anime that you had to watch. So yeah. Good pick. I, yeah. I like that you say that about about the translation of the story to animation. That actually when when you I didn't read it, but watching it, I can see how how that might present some trouble because of the like psychic nature of everything. And um, it's it's a fun show. Max Middleman, of course, is is fantastic. Um, I had a lot of laughs watching it. Um, it didn't it didn't particularly strike any chord of of great emotional uh, uh, tug in me, but it was a fun series to watch. I'd watch it again. I'd watch the next next series, and um, yeah, solid pick for solid reasons. Yeah, I feel like season one, like, kind of just dips its toes into a lot of the plot. And I really wish Tanami would uh, air season two, because that's where a good chunk of the meat is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And I'm still waiting for that. (laughs) One day sketch. Still haven't watched it. Humor is a strength. (laughs) Having things that are funny on Toonami, but not like just humor, but like funny along with other things is a really good combo. And and this series definitely had some great funny moments. So that that was the strength of the series. In my yeah, the, yeah, that's a great point, too. Like, I really love the humor, but also, like, the fact that it can balance on humor while also having serious moments. Like, it's it's this very, like, thin line that it walks where, like, yeah, Mob and Reagan are these very humorous characters, but there's a human aspect to them that you don't see necessarily a lot in, like, One Punch Man which is, mm-hmm. it's nice seeing that kind of other side to one's writing. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that this one was, was going to be on my list. I'm probably one of the few people that didn't like mob psycho, but to each Trash. his own, I guess. Trash. What? <laughs> You're such trash, Paul. I, I mean, oh, I'm just being Paul honest. Paul is. I thought you meant the show was, and I was like, that's oh. a little harsh. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Paul is trash. Paul goes to Tsunami Jail. I'm, I'm still not quite sure I know what Paul's winning combo is, except Hunter Hunter. Like, I'm still on the, like, trying to figure that mystery out. <laughs> you? Mm, I'm, I'm not going to say much. Okay. <laughs> I think it starts with a P. Maybe. I'm not saying what 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 what's on my list. <laughs> Paul's like, don't be, I don't have be to trying to give this away. Tension. I need to build up the ultimate tension. <laughs> don't be don't be trying to give away my list here, V Lord. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't worry. Other people will do it by naming off other shows before he does. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but anyways, continue. Yeah. Um. I hate to be that guy, Kuro, but uh, you said Max Middleman. I believe that he plays Mob's brother. Mob is Kyle McCarley. Yes. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. It's cool. Both those things. <laughs> Max Middleman's one punch, man. No, I, I knew he was in the series. I just couldn't remember which character he was. Yeah, pretty sure he's, he's the brother. Thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate it. It's okay. The scotch is getting to her head. It's Anytime. Kyle should get the credit due for the character he played. Oh, and he did fantastic. He did. 
Like, For sure. His performance as Mikazuki in Gundam Iron Blood Orphans is fantastic, but as Mob, he's just next level. Yeah, especially with a character like Mob, where like he's a bit emotionally stinted at times. So being able to actually maintain that all like constantly is like really impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, even if if one doesn't like a particular series or isn't re- is really indifferent to a series, you have to give credit to excellent voice acting regardless, because you can you can really tell when a voice actor puts something into a character, and whether or not you're into the series, like you can see, like for example, this character Mob, like, see how how great his talent comes through. So that's that's just one of those things. Shout out to the VAs. Guys, do, do your thing. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a fan of SAO, but I love the voice acting there. So, like, yeah. voice acting, it feels like this completely separate entity that you can love just in isolation. I agree. And sometimes voice acting makes the show better. Yes. <laughs> that too. If only a little. One might say it makes the show more tolerable in some cases, but let's move on to Kuro's number 10, uh, not, not, not 10, nine, number nine. What yes, my number nine. I already talked Bright. about my number 10. Uh, yeah. So this one also, I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but number nine is Boruto. And it's not that I had a particular affinity with the characters this time. Though they were a lot of fun to watch interact, but there was some repetition. The thing I really liked about this series is the thing that I generally like about the Naruto world: its storytelling and its action sequences. And as a as a tertiary point, the the way the creative ways they have the ninjutsu. Um, Boruto takes you know I I didn't I didn't watch the movie, so I know this is a rendition of the the film, and it has a lot of filler content in it, but there's there's some real creativity here with trying to take you know they have these they have these arcs that are completely new they can't redo what they did in naruto and yet they're trying to put teams together that are similar to what they did in naruto so taking something they've done before but having new new uh, combinations new jutsus and new stories to go off of that I think that that made it a fun series for me to watch. Um, you know, it just boils down to, I looked forward to watching it each time I bonded with my sister over it, which was a lot of fun. We'd get together and watch it, you know, it like four or five episodes off my DVR. And, and yeah, that's, I, I, I have a weakness for Shonen anyway. So, so Borto is my number nine pick. Well, silent. <laughs> wow, you guys really don't approve, do you? <laughs> it's alright. I think uh, your reasoning is very solid. I, I do appreciate Borto for kind of uh, remixing elements of the prior stories and characters to like, it's fascinating to see the kids of the previous generation and what they're like and their personalities and I really appreciate that Boruto doesn't want to be the Hokage. And he also feels like his father is neglecting being a father, which mm-hmm. I think is a fair fair observation for him to have. But unfortunately, I just didn't keep up with Boruto, so I have nothing to add here. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I respect Boruto for kind of being like a soft reset of sorts for the Naruto franchise. Because, like, everyone in the main cast is now older and it's focusing on the new generation. And like Sketch said, like, Boruto's, like, determination to not be Hokage and also his relationship with his dad, I think, is one of the kind of, like, more compelling aspects of the story. What kind of turns me off from it at times, though, is that there isn't much of a plot. Like, and when there is one, it kind of is very, very slow. So it's hard to get invested at times, I feel. That's hmm. fair. That's fair. And I I, w- I had wanted it to be on my list, but I didn't know where. I just put it at number nine because, quite frankly, the characters kept bringing me back to watching it. You know, maybe it's a part of nostalgia seeing these young characters grow up together and knowing you'll be able to watch them. But I just, I enjoyed tuning in each week. So, and, and it, it really just boils down to that. Like, what did I look forward to when I look forward to watching Porto? I mean, it's solid, you know, as a show. Like, it's got certain aspects, like you said, them watching them growing up. You know, like the kids or the former generation. Now, one of the things that I really that really got me into the point of like still enjoying Boruto when I was still following it was Chocho, and the yeah. fact that you know, seriously, you know, the thing is like the body shaming and stuff. She, you know, they called the fat chubs. You know, she embraced every damn thing about herself and she owned it and the fact that she's like you know telling them back on him like you know she throws so much shade on him Mm -hmm. i'm just like it was probably just one episode where she probably had a point of like where she wasn't she was unsure of herself but she eventually got her confidence back but i was like i love the chick's drip yeah and mitsuki i like mitsuki he's weird and for some reason his weirdness is just really interesting to watch He's not, I don't know ever what he's going to do. And that unpredictability makes him a fun character to just keep tuning into. But the thing is, you know, he actually balances out that whole team, though. I mean, you got Boruto being kind of like the loose cannon, you know, just fly by the seat of my pants. Serata is basically, you know, the calm, cool, collective one. And then you got Miski, he's kind of laid back, you know, with everything and he was like you know he's just gonna pretty much go with the flow yep agreed it's a good center balance of synergy let's put it like that yeah that's that's a good way to put it i like that my number nine all right moving on to cj's number nine pick a kamega kill yeah i figured CJ, why? Why do you disappoint me like this? I love you, CJ. <laughs> Shut up, V-Lord. I mean, uh, other than Christina Dude. being in the show, I mean, I... Uh... <laughs> Dude. CJ likes to feel emotionally wrecked when he watches things, <laughs> and nothing emotionally wrecks you like a comic got killed. That's true. Sorry, if you like, actually seriously. care about the characters, it's gonna kill you. Exactly. <laughs> like, seriously, a comic to kill was, like, before Game of Thrones, man. <laughs> seriously. That was Game like, of Thrones on steroids. But better because you can rewatch a comic got killed and you can't rewatch Game of Thrones. Exactly. But the thing is, <laughs> I would say with a comic got killed, Nice women, but I'm not gonna lie, man. Bulat had a ass out this world, man. He said he did. That ass, though. If only he didn't die so soon. 
I know. He, mm. I said he could be part of my harem, man. Yeah, yes, only. Real has a husband. But he had to die so Tatsumi could step up. Yes. I guess that's probably the reason. Yeah. I don't think I it's a good enough reason. He had his dang on use. I love CJ's surprising us with his picks. This is actually going to be really interesting. <laughs> or we're just going to bang our heads on the table 50 times. <laughs> Let me do yeah. that for you, Paul. Like, I, my problem with the comic on Kill is like, there's all this like violence and gore and stuff, but like, it's just kind of there for the sake of being there. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm I've read the manga for Comic Con Kill, and I actually enjoy that more because it justifies all that. But the anime doesn't. It just kind of no. has it there and just doesn't address it. The anime is just out of the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they it, kill a character that didn't die in the manga. That's the part that bothered me a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh uh, yeah, the girl with the pink hair. My, no, the guy. My. The guy. The Main, what's his name? Tatsumi. Honestly, I, yeah, I I appreciate that they had the balls to kill the main character. Yeah, yeah but it feels so out of left field. It kind of does. It, <laughs> it gives a series of finality. It gives yeah. a series of finality. It means like they know they mm-hmm. intended not to do any more, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And then they a, stopped that wheelhouse. Akame and Darrell's Bay as death. Lord, yeah. Fought to the death over already dead Tatsumi. Oh man, <laughs> it's poetic. I'll give it that. Yeah, she genuinely cared about Tatsumi. Yeah, As man, he, did. he really yeah. wasn't weak, man. But yeah. Ezdef was literally a yandere, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was like part yandere, part kumadari, uh, man. Like she could be a demon. She was emotionally unstable, mm-hmm. but. I mean, but she was literally strong, though, man. I think they were all emotionally unstable. (laughs) She reminds me of um, Velvet from Tales of Bizaria. That's who she reminds me of. But the fact that, like, when you look at Ezdel's backstory, man, like when Dad said, when her mom died, it's like, your mom died because she was weak. I was, like, cold-blooded. Literally. But I kind of understand the aspect, man. Like in certain like communities and everything, if you are weak and serve no value to like the um, community, you do get discarded by the wayside. That's not how I work, but I sad to say I kind of understand it, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's, let's move along. No, I have to say I have to say one more thing about a comic a kill, and that is that. When it was on Toonami, it was certainly an interesting show to have around. It was it was fun to talk about and it was it was it wasn't a good show, but it had plenty of moments that were very entertaining. Yes, and I got to make a lot of in those, man. Those double tundras were fun. <laughs> that indeed. Here lies Tatsumi. He never scored, never scored. in the anime. <laughs> Dude, I that on Twitter, man. I had the headstone. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> he but, got no snoo. But he, he got that some snoo snoo in the manga. That little girl was too sundere to function, though. So 
Or he I mean, was never gonna score either way. Uh, <laughs> I can say it, but I mean, we can we can shit on a comic guy kill all we want. It still is the number one show with the highest ratings on Toonami. So people love it, yeah. Well, but that's what it was. The show to have the highest premiere. Exactly. I will to, all to be exact. Yes. It it got a lot of that from Dragon Ball Kai, but yeah, <laughs> still, it did very very well. All right, moving on to my number nine. Finally, some delicious food. It's Food Wars. Oh. I kind of went back and forth on whether or not I wanted to include this in the top ten, but uh, I feel like it's kind of now or never because Food Wars as a show doesn't exactly get better as it continues. But (laughs) what we've seen so far on Toonami, I love. I love this show. It's hilarious it's heartwarming it just gets all of your emotions flared up and like the music and the stare downs and all of it and the characters are so fun and great and it's so educational regarding all the food and the recipes and it's just it's just a riot and i'm so happy that tsunami aired it so i gotta have gotta have it in my top 10 yeah well you know it was like culinary it was like Iron Chef on steroids to watch that man. And, you know, for, you can exactly. say it. <laughs> well, it's actually, yeah, it, it really was called literally food porn. <laughs> like, hey, the creator created hentai, so did hentai, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was over the top. So you gotta love, it. especially with the squid and the tentacles. You know, it was coming, and no, squid was nowhere near that. <laughs> I do love the thought process that Food Wars kind of puts into its like dishes. Like yeah. for the series, they brought on like an actual like culinary expert to help like strategize everything, and it gives us like really nice authenticity to the competition because it's like, yeah, in theory, you can make these dishes at home, which is really cool. Dude, I did the karagi, man. Tried to mm. cook something or been inspired at least by Food Wars. <laughs> I'm not going to say I was inspired by Food Wars because I already yeah, little anyway, but the thing is it did give me a couple of tips and tricks with certain things that I do cook, and yeah. the fact that I was able to do like a better version of Karagi than what I did previously because I was like, I needed something with a little bit more balance and what they had in the recipe as far as the seasoning, it works a whole hell of a lot better because one thing I know I'm good at is cooking chicken and among other things yeah, yeah like, I don't pictures. know what their obsession with risotto is. God, I hate risotto. Like, I mean, I risotto is like risotto it's like the hardest. Risotto is like one of the hardest things to cook because if you do it wrong, it turns into crap. And the yeah. thing is, you cannot use water for risotto. You literally have to use chicken broth. And it's like so many. It's a simple process, but at the same time, it's complex. So if you don't know exactly what you're doing, you're gonna mess it up. They're like, mm-hmm. breakfast risotto? What? <laughs> Great um, sketch. I agree like, with all your points. Speaking I just, of that, though, like, I really yeah. love, like, the diversity of, like, dishes, too, because it's, like, Hayama, the spice guy, like, he makes a lot oh, of, yeah. like, Indian cuisine. So, mm. as someone who, like, eats, like, a lot of Indian food, I'd be like, oh, cool, like, yeah. stuff that I've eaten is, like, actually, like, represented here. So, so you yeah. actually getting that Indian hot uh, V-Lord? Yeah. Like, cause like the little um, Indian restaurant that I go to, they asked me how I won, and I was like, I always say Indian hot because you know, 
they have to remember they have to cater to other palates that cannot handle spice. Yeah, yeah you, you always go for the spice. spice. Yes. Mm. Thank you. I um, love you for that, V-Lord. So, actually, this is one of the series that I wanted to put on my list, but I think the fact that Sketch and CJ keep saying, oh, it gets terrible the, the more it goes on. Oh, it gets terrible. I'm like, maybe I'll just keep this one off my list. To be honest with you, I'll say is it was rushed towards, you know, in the later seasons. Yeah, oh, the pacing is really bad. I'd say only the final arc is bad. The rest of it's perfectly good. Okay. Yeah. My but, only issue with this show is the a over sexualization of of the yes. characters. Like yeah. you have these gigantic yeah. breasts, which have nothing to do with anything. But I get it; that's part of their thing. And then it's so melodramatic, and I know that's part of their thing. But I, I love the melodramatic. <laughs> So then, yeah, your reasons are solid. Everything's so stupidly over the top for a high school culinary (laughs) battle. (laughs) It's like this. This will decide the fate of Japan's (laughs) cuisine in the future. I will never cook again if I lose this food battle. Like, what? What? I'll drop out of the academy and never be a chef. (laughs) I mean, like, Like, why though? Me and Josh had like several common conversations about this with Erica being in the kitchen and we was like if you was in a black grandma kitchen and you said the food was nasty you would literally get cussed out because yeah. we don't do it our way man. like soul food is something I hate what food? I mean like seriously one of the things I hate that they never really did address on um food wars was like hey there are other things besides you know the local fare but I was like I really wish they would have delved into soul food just a little bit since yeah. Joe Ichiro actually did travel around the world, mm. ain't no way. In, like, if you look at this from a actual lot, what you mean, peanut butter and squid ain't soul food? No, that ain't soul. That ain't soul food, that's bro. Nobody's food. That, that's yeah, nobody food. Nobody's food. <laughs> but seriously, if Joe Ichiro traveled all around the United States, man, you cannot tell me there is no way that he did not end up in the dirty South, man. I mean, you got fried chicken, collard greens, macaroni, cheese, man, green beans, collard greens. Don't get too big for my jeans. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a soul yeah. food competition would have been so cool. Exactly. Yeah, would have been really cool. I mean, like, dude, it is like some things like in the United States, man, that we have done with soul food that is like ridiculous. I mean, there is literally like a collard green wrap, man. It's kind of like a um, spring roll. Well, and it's called like, it's called a soul roll. Get- how do you get spicy chicken like the way they do in Kentucky that's super, super, super hot, but make it edible too? Like I would have loved to see them try to do something like that. But maybe that, maybe they'll do like that. an OVA. They can yeah. do an OVA soul food. Everybody listen, we want an OVA about soul food on Food Wars. Exactly. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, I know you got the five great, you know, five great culinary um, you know, foods in the world, but still. A lot of that stuff, you know, when you look at soul food, that's an amalgamation and culmination of those things that, you know, you got from different countries and, you know, different cultures and ethnic groups. I mean, seriously, that's what fusion is. And they never really did incorporate that. Yeah. Good pick, Sketch. Good pick. All right. So next, number nine. Uh, Food Wars is my number nine too, so we can just Ooh. go to the next. Oh, look at that! Wait, 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 wait. I mean, I. Why was I, it I, your number nine? Why was yeah. it my number nine? Because one, 
I just enjoy cooking. You know, like it was actually over the top with the eating episode, like when they eat the food, you know, clothes coming off. But I really always love the way <laughs> someone made them eat, like use them as guinea pigs for his terrible dishes. Because the thing <laughs> is, no lie, I do this to my family and friends, too, when I'm experimenting with new recipes. So I can relate to that. But my thing is, my stuff isn't nasty. <laughs> Some people like it looks ugly, but when they eat it, it's like, mm-hmm. well, damn, it looks like ass, but it's good. It, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know how to take that, but thank you. <laughs> now, and I would always say GTFO out my kitchen. Mm. By the way, by the way, full disclosure for anybody that's listening, we don't know what each other's lists are. So no, we really don't. No. Yeah. So this is gonna happen a couple times, or you're kind of gonna be like, it haven't been the past years, man. Yeah, it has. It has. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that leads to my number nine. Wait, I just want to say one more thing about Food Wars is that at the end of the day, when it comes to the shows that I really cared about having on Toonami, they're usually the ones that really like inspire my spirits or they have something that I can relate to or they're just a darn good time. And Food Wars is all of those things. And I just, all of the great, emotional arcs that they have throughout it it's it's so fantastic and like it it makes you feel things and i like shows that make me feel things yeah i i agree with you because the world is a cold dark place and we need something like food wars that's That's why we need great food that's why we need delicious food that's right to be honest with you food really does bring people together though Mm -hmm. absolutely so so my number nine um, it's not Food Wars. Um, that was actually an honorable mention. Ah, uh, would have been the hat trick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this show actually is so. It's one of the Gundam sh- shows that played on Toonami, and it's my number two favorite Gundam show that's ever played on Toonami. When that includes both Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, but this one was the only one that. This was the only one out of those three that played on Adult Swim. And that would be Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. Raise your flags. And I, you know, first of all, again, another great dub um, that was done well. Um, The action, of course... um, I'm like everybody knows who I am by now. I'm, I, I love action. This had more action than Demon Slayer. Um, it just, you know, it, it it struck all the chords right. And you know, me and Darrell kind of had this conversation a while ago about how, you know, the only way, the only way I can kind of explain why I like Iron Blooded Orphans so much, and it's just under G Gundam. Um, is because it's like G Gundam. It strikes a chord while also having action and bringing you into the storyline. I actually think they did a better job with this Gundam than they did with Gundam Wing. And some people may disagree with me on that, but, you know, after I rewatched Gundam Wing about a year or two ago, I kind of just was like, after watching Iron-Blooded Orphans, I was like, wow, this this series actually did a better job than Wing did. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I think it didn't, and it, it might have just been that it just didn't feel like it was so stretched out. You know what I mean? So, um, and I, you know, I, I felt for, I, I felt for the orphans, you know, I, I felt their story. 
You know, we see that a lot in our in our society today. So, you know, it, it really struck a chord with me. So that's why that's my uh, number nine. I mean, it really was like, you know, like I always tell the people, you know, I understand the aspect of war probably better than most people, you know, experiencing that. And Iron-Blooded Orphans is something that touched at the spot for a big time because you you – I would say in Afghanistan and in certain parts of Africa, man, there there's a child soldier issue. And, you know, you're staring down a barrel at a kid that's probably no more like anywhere from the age of seven to what, 12, sometimes 13. Dude, that's a fucking kid. And I, mean, you know, it, I, have, yeah. I have buddies that have been on ops, man, and they talk about this. And it was like one of the worst fucking things they hated to do was deal with child soldiers. I mean, they. they no, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just the fact that they dealt with child soldiers and they was like, they did not want to pull the trigger. But they was like, if they didn't, they were dead in, you know. It, it wasn't even it wasn't even that. It was the fact that these these kids were forced to to start a war and they were forced to do things that they didn't that number one, as kids they shouldn't have to do, but number two, you know, now they had to go find quote unquote a gang to to be in to make sure they had the protection to stay alive and they had to fight tooth and nail to get what they what they ultimately wanted which was to be free you know and at the end obviously we all know that they were free and i mean i'm not going to give away the whole story if every nobody's some people listening to this podcast haven't you know watched the series but you know it's just it, it goes to show like you know, what people have to go through to, you know, to get what they want in life. And unfortunately, these orphans had to, you know, fight tooth and nail to, to get to the finish line. And, you know, I respect that. And I, and I think the, the creator of this series did a really good job of, with this storyline. And, you know, that's, again, that uh, throughout the series that I, that I put on these lists, like, they all have really good storylines. Yeah, some of them have a nostalgia feel for it, you know, but it's also the fact that they bring a a, a really good storyline that draws me in. I'm like, yeah, I like this series. I'm still mad they killed Orga, and I'm not gonna get over that. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was mad. Dude, I was yeah. mad about Biscuit, man. Yeah, man, they like Everybody in the first season. They killed Biscuit in the first season. You're like, oh man, that's really hard. And then the second season, I'm like, oh, you like this character? Guess what? Goodbye. <laughs> They're Dude, gonna die. No freaking lie, man. I hate Julia so freaking much, man. Oh I yeah. Hate Julia. She should have died. There is no Piece way that crap. she was a better pilot than Mika, man. God, she was she not a better pilot. A- she was such a cow. Oh, don't remind me. It makes me mad. I mean, I hated Julie. I mean, I have, like, I normally can deal with characters. I mean, I hate Char, but I love Char at the same time. But Julia, yeah, she was she just was a, a brown nose. And the guy that, like, all oh, after that, that guy. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Ugh. Right. Like, the bad guys in season two were, they were so evil. <laughs> I know, man. Even Char was so incredibly evil. I love Char, man. I hate him. Char is the dude that you love to hate. And I like the relationship between me and Paul. I hate Paul, but I love him at the same time. I really like Char. 
I really hate that Orga and all of them just just got played by McGillis through that whole season. Like, yeah. come on, man, Orga. How can you what not see what's going on here? Oh. And let's um address that uncomfortable um elephant in the room yet again. Yeah. Uh, his, oh. His, his child bride. bride. Child freaking bride. Oh. Love. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably a disgusting moment. I mean, overall, but, I enjoy it, but I'm glad that... The outrage that everybody had over it was really heartening to see because that means people are starting to respond to things that they see are unacceptable now in anime, and that well, makes me happy. At least hmm. we didn't take it to the point where like he raped her, basically. No, no, yeah. It was unfortunately it consensual. <laughs> yeah. But one could argue she was being groomed all that time. But yeah, I mean, that, let's not get mean, too, let's not get too deep into that. I yeah, just let's not get too deep into that. Okay. I felt at the end of the first season that they had a pretty good story. By the end of the second season, I had serious problems with the story. And like they they fought so hard in the first season to get their freedom, and then what happens? It's all just ruined. It in the second season, because because I fucking hated Jazzy too, man. He was the cause of all that jealous this ass piece of shit. The IBO PTSD now. Oh, my bad, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's making me so sad. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was. Let's just drink the scotch, Kuro. Let's let's. I will take in the drink. <laughs> Don't think, drink. All right, so number eight. No, no, you're doing it wrong. Number eight. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Great announcer voice there, Scotch. Thank Hello. you. No pressure, Hey Lord. Uh, yeah, so my number eight is Black Lagoon. So fucking I. <laughs> I knew you would be happy with that, Darrell. <laughs> So, like, I watched Black Lagoon, like, before it came on Toonami, like, way before. But, like, it's one of those shows that even when it was on Toonami itself, like, I was just always excited to watch it because it's just so good. Um, I love that it kind of is kind of showing this kind of, like, darker, more underground aspect to kind of smuggling in the black market through the perspective of someone like Rock, who is just, like, an average Joe. And... The fact that it goes into so many dark territories um, throughout its different arcs is just really fascinating. And you see how it kind of warps Rock's mentality that entire time. Like, uh, Fujiyama Gangster Paradise, that arc always sticks with me. And it's probably, like, one of my favorite arcs in, like, anime and manga. Because you really kind of see it as a turning point to really kind of Rock's, like, morality. And beyond Rock, like, the entire cast is just filled with badasses. Like, Revy especially, she's amazing. Dodge, mm-hmm. Benny, it's it's such a great, great like, group. Um, Which, like, sometimes I feel like you, in, like, a lot of series, like, you have, like, the one person where, like, you just don't care about them. But no, here, like, you love, like, all four of them. They're all awesome. Even the bad guys are fucking awesome, man. Yeah, and like Dude, all the ridiculous love, like weapons they like use them, too. Like the one girl that has like a freaking like a uh, chainsaw. Oh, oh yeah, that's um, that's um, dang, come on, think, 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 think. I can't remember the name, but she's a cleaner. I want to yeah. say Frazier. No, it's not Frazier. Dang it! 
<gasps> I forget her Kres- name, but I think Kreska? she got a spinoff recently. Like, there's a spinoff about just, like, her. Wow. Yo. awesome. I think it's Sawyer. Sawyer. That's yes, Sawyer? yes, I, I think it is Sawyer. Hmm. But nah, it, it's just so great. And, like, I really wish we'd one day get more. But who knows? But hmm. for now, like, I think it's one of those shows that you always go back to. And it is just constantly just, like, super fun to watch. Also, the dub is amazing. Like, it's easily yes. my favorite uh, ocean dub. Yeah, I was about to say, Ocean actually did a good job on that one. Yeah, especially all the swearing. Like, the swearing, for some reason, just gives it this, like, perfect, like, I don't know, extra, like, notch up on my, like, radar. So, yeah, Black Lagoon's awesome. Absolutely. Yes, it was, man. This was the show that I said was going to be on Black Lagoon, and it did happen. I mean, we had the Black Lagoon drinking game. I hate that people didn't start watching it towards the end, but mm. because I felt like if they would have watched it earlier, we could have got Roberta's Blood Trail, which was the OVA, and it gives you a little bit more backdrop into some of the characters' um, past. But Black Lagoon had action, lots of profanity, skin. But the thing is, it was like based off, I think um, when I read everything, it was like based around in the 90s in Rolandapur, which is, you know, just like this scum city of the walking dead. But the thing is, like you had a whole bunch of strong ass female characters that did not need to be saved, except for Greenback Jane. But she got herself into some trouble anyway. But mm-hmm. like, seriously, Battle Like It Was My Girl, man. Like, literally, she picked Rock up and <laughs> she mad half of his ass. But the thing about Rock was he was the most dangerous character within it. He is the MC, but he's the most dangerous character because he did stand like on in the twilight. He was looking from the he was looking at the light side into the dark and the dark to the light side. And the thing is, because he was able to kind of manipulate everybody and do certain things that they just couldn't, he played everybody. And the thing is, he was still able to maintain who he was, you know, for the most part. You know, he didn't let Rohanna Purr literally drag him in into being like you know, this deep, dark, just evil character. And Dutch once said that Rock is the person that doesn't need a gun because if he shoots the gun, the bullet's going to bounce back and hit somebody else. But <laughs> Yeah, like, Rock especially is just so fascinating that way because, yeah, he's kind of living in this kind of more neutral space, the Twilight. And it's like, for early on, like, you're trying to see, like, okay, yeah, clearly Rock is, like, the conscience of the group, but he's really not. Like, he is, like has this, like, under, like, seeping, like, manipulative aspect to him. And the more he embraces that, the more dangerous you realize he really is. Exactly. And he realized that more than anybody. I mean, seriously, but the thing is, the dude had a pair of stones, man, for the things that he did. Because, like, with the Washemini group, when they was in Japan, you know, to stop the Yakuza, man, you know, for the Russians to take in. Dude, the fact that he actually stood up the battle like the way he did, regardless... That's a lot of stones because El Capitan was literally friggin' ruthless. And one of the things that I like that um, Black Lagoon pointed out, you know, it's still gruesome and it still made me cringe was the like, um, let's see, the twins um, episode, Fratelli Me and Sorda Mea, man. Like, that mm. stuff really does happen in the um, underground, man. Like, kids being sold and then you getting all this kitty porn stuff. I like the fact that they did point that out and Rock had to deal the struggle with that. Rock literally got, like, with that one right there, man, that was an emotional episode towards the end, man. 
like it really messed with Rock's whole psyche. Mm-hmm. And Balalaika's man. At that point, Balalaika literally questioned why she was still doing what she was doing. And throughout the manga and anime, I've never ever seen her question herself like that until that episode. Yeah, like I think that that arc especially is like it, it's such an interesting one to watch because like yeah, it's it's really like true in a ways and it's so disheartening and brutal at the same time. I mean, Black Lagoon literally touched on a lot of real world stuff that goes on still today. And my mom actually liked it too. Like I think this is her sec that's her number 2 as far as like favorite anime, you know, Cowboy Bebop being number 1. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I I think Black Lagoon is easily one of the best shows they've ever aired. It's definitely the best show involving like mature storytelling that they have aired, and I wish that they would air more shows like it. But, alas, there's not nearly enough shows that are like it. <laughs> there are some out there. But... <laughs> Jormungand. <laughs> yes, I love you. Digital Sun, you are actually getting back in my good graces. Yeah. For now. <laughs> okay. Kuro. What my is number eight pick is Samurai Champloo. Uh, I love all of Watanabe's stuff, but this is always going to be my favorite because it was my first. And there's a lot of things in it that I really enjoyed. First of all, it is so freaking funny. I laughed out loud while I was watching it. I can watch it again and I can still appreciate the joke. Uh, there's a lot of subtle elements to the humor and some real creativity involved. Like all of the, the titles of the episodes are alliteration. So Unholy Union, Evanescent Encounter, Artistic Anarchy, Elegy of Entrapment. And they're not just uh, alliterations, but they're really beautifully done too. And then on top of that, you have hip hop and samurai. How much better does it get adding two awesome things together? You know, it's Mm. totally anachronist, but they accept it. They embrace their anachronisms. They embrace the historical inaccuracies and then add a lot of other historical accuracies in there. And they're really clever about it. So they make it an overall really seamless, enjoyable experience. And they, they make fun of themselves. You know, the episode where... They, they set the fields of marijuana on fire and they get high. <laughs> <laughs> that was yes. hilarious. Everybody that laughs. Everybody laughs. You know, the, the, the episodes like where they all get separated and then, you know, kidnapped and somehow Fu, who gets kidnapped like every other fucking episode, somehow accidentally gets rescued by Jin and Mugen, you know. <laughs> and Jin, Jin and Mugen are really fun characters. Like Mugen's totally... Uh, uh, He's, uh, how do I say, like, he's just a wild man. He's a rebel. (laughs) He's wild. He's rogue and, and totally uh, insolent. And then there's Jin, who's just very traditional and stoic. And he's this Ronin and and the two of them together are such opposites. And yet there are times when they come together, they hate each other, but they agree you know, and then there's Fu, who's very, very sassy, and she's smart, but also she can be annoying sometimes, but she can be really on point sometimes, like mother, 
mother-like with them. And it's, it's just such, I love this series. I love it. And I would watch it again in a second. Every episode was a pleasure. Um, I, I really, this is what made me want to watch the rest of Watanabe's works, truly. And can we just say that that OP was bomb? That OP was mm. agreed. Jabez and Forces of Nature, man. That soundtrack <laughs> to Samurai Champloo was everything. And how I got introduced to Samurai Champloo was my coworker when I worked at the library, Mrs. Walker, Mayor Saul, rest in peace. She let me borrow her um, copies of the rest when we didn't have um, at the at the um, library, but. Like um, Kuro said, it was just a mixture of hip-hop and samurai. And the thing is, like the alliterations, but the music was one of the best things about this anime mm. that just brought it together. I mean, you had, it was just like, it just brought it to life. I mean, even like when Mugen was about to die, and I mean, I heard, that was the first time I heard Oburi Ukiyomi. And that song was so depressing, but so freaking good at the same time. And then, like, when Mugen finally was like, fuck this shit, I'm not ready to die yet. Yeah, but, good, tra- good shout out to the soundtrack, because I yeah. didn't mention that. The soundtracks for the whole series were incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it was that like... Blind. Go on. I was just like, you know, it was just a beautiful thing. It was just a mixture of, like, jazz and hip-hop and just ch- Japanese music as well. You know, some of the traditional yeah. stuff. It worked. Yeah. yeah, it worked. It's a great series. I love it. Agreed. I really uh, enjoy the group dynamic. It's like the best road trip anime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, of course, the music, the action. I mean, nobody puts visuals to music like Watanabe does. It's just mm-hmm. phenomenal every time. And he really... He really showed some awesome stuff in Samurai Champloo and a lot of experimental stuff, too. It was uh, kind of a taste of some of the weirder things that he might do in the future. But I I really enjoyed Samurai Champloo. There was a time when it was probably my favorite Watanabe show. That's not true anymore, but it's definitely very good. Oh, wait a minute. Lies. But I wait a minute. There's one more thing that I have to point out about Samurai Champloo, and I definitely like that they gave a shout out to hip hop because they actually did incorporate the four elements, which is basically b boy, break dancing, mm-hmm. um, beatboxing, and you know your MCing right along with the graffiti. So it mm-hmm. really actually did embrace all four elements of hip hop. Yeah. I I really shouldn't. You know, I, I I didn't even remember that that show was on the list. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! But well, Paul, I, you know, it, the it, it did a really good show, and you know, I, I still stick by my my top ten for this. But yeah, I mean, this was this was definitely a fun show. If you need to laugh, go back and rewatch it, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Oh man, the baseball episode was fucking nuts. Oh, the oh. baseball episode. Oh, yeah, like all those like a weird like what if episodes are amazing. Like the one with like uh, I think it was the zombies. Yeah. That was yeah. my favorite. The zombie one is so stupid weird. 
it's so weird with the moonlight and they all like are, are like the guy the guy they find is like 500 years old and it, it like ended with a big explosion and then the episode ends and they're like huh that happened and then, uh, <laughs> it's like a space dandy episode like, before space dandy exactly <laughs> you're just watching it like what the fuck did i just watch but then it goes on to the next episode like it never happened oh no oh no <laughs> Oh, and shout out to that one gal who was uh, crazy enough for Mugen. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Those two need to get hit. Would have sat on his head the whole time. Yeah. Who my future husband's gonna be? <laughs> He's like, I just want to get laid. What is all this work for? <laughs> all right. Next Very on the show. No. CJ is number, number eight. eight. I'm sorry. Wow, I'm losing my mind. Time is a construct. Yes. <laughs> CJ's number eight is Demon Slayer. Nice. A very nice. solid pick. Uh, since I haven't said much about Demon Slayer yet, I would say it's a beautiful show. Uh, I like the characters, e- even Zenny too, I guess. <laughs> I hate Zenny too. No. He has his moments. I hate him too. I but, never like him. But, yeah. <laughs> but... Like, Tanjiro is such a great character, and Inosuke is such a great character. And how can yes. you not love Nezuko? Yes. And it's it's, uh, it's a good show. Right, except for Zenitsu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, dude, all he ever did was whine, man, and that got on my nerves. Like, dude, mm-hmm. if I could meet Zenitsu myself, dude, I would literally have slit his throat. <laughs> oh my God. At least then he oh, wouldn't either. be able to whine. What, dude? Either slit his throat or cut his tongue out, man. Credit to his VA though for doing that, because that can cause some damage. Whining like that all the time. Yeah, Uh, he's he's a professional. Yeah, like Alex has like posted like videos of him like doing all the screams and like it's insane. Like huge props to him. You have to to send those to me on Twitter. I'll watch those. Yeah, he has like a YouTube channel. Dude, cool. I know his vocal cords had to be hurting out of that shit, man. Probably. So, so, Sketch, what's your number eight? My number eight is A Black Lagoon. Yay. Oh, yeah. So, I... Black Lagoon had been around for a while before it aired on Toonami, but I didn't really get a chance to see maybe more than one episode before it aired on Toonami. So, watching it on Toonami was a spectacular experience and i'm very glad that we had it remember the drinking game oh i do <laughs> so many bleeps we had uh, we had a lot of fun conversations from black lagoon but literally jose took charcoal pills that night man <laughs> that that show was totally sold to me the moment that rock turned to his boss and was like no fuck you yeah, yeah. I love when he middle fingers like the the like helicopter that they blow up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they freaking just ride a boat off of a ramp into a helicopter. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Like when you see that, it's like, yeah, this is this is what I'm in for. I'm sold. The immortal. Want to watch it again? I don't. I don't really remember it that well. So you make me want to watch it again. Pretty sure that got into a bump, which was. Mm. <laughs> Dude, it was so worth it just to see that scene, man. Oh, I loved it. Cause that dude loved was it. so freaking cocky, man. Yeah, true, true. And he got his he got his comeuppance. 
Oh, right. it's such such a freaking good time. Freaking good time. Great gun battles. They're always shooting up that guy's poor bar. Hey, sketch. Uh, <laughs> sketch. Mm-hmm. Your shoelace untied. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. Moving on to uh, Jarrell's number eight. My number eight, Dead Man Wonderland. Ooh. Dude, I love that, man. You know, branches of sin, man. People being able to, like, control their blood, man. And Gonta literally got blamed for killing his whole class, man. And he goes to Wonderland, wherever it is, you know. It's it's kind of like the better version of Super Super Jail. And, you know, here it is, Gonta, 14-year-old, little soft kid, literally doesn't want to be there. He's not, he knows he's not guilty, but, you know, how can I put this, you know? Um, shit. It's just hard to explain, man. It was just such a great series to me. How about it was like a slaughter fest and everybody loved it? Yeah, slaughter fest. But, you know, the fact that they call him the woodpecker, man, everybody had a bird name. But the greatest thing about it was the voice acting was great in this. And, like, for a character like Gonta, I'm so glad that they got Greg Ayers because Greg Ayers tends to bring out, like, characters that may seem so insignificant. He actually puts so much life into him that you actually remember them, even if it's a minor character. And that's what he did with Gonza for me. I mean, Dead Man mm-hmm. Wonderland just had a lot of nuances that I actually enjoy, you know, being basically incarcerated for in the prison system for not doing something. You're just guilty. And, you know, and I, I hate to say this, but one of the things, you know, that happens in my com- in the African-American community is, like, it's what we call... Um, from the school system to the prison, it's a pipeline, and that's what they do to a lot of black young black kids, especially the young black men. And that's kind of what happened to Gonta. You know, he was innocent, but they automatically just said that he was guilty, and he didn't get a fair trial. And they even managed to um, to make fake they, evidence. They basically just yeah make fake evidence. Bucks. Yeah, they. They um what it is I'm trying to say here. Just bear with me for a second. Uh God. Uh, damn, fuck it. They just um changed all the evidence and everything. Yep. And you know, you did have um Anagorealis Shiro, you know, the albino. But it, it was just good to me. I can't really explain it. I just know I enjoyed it. I yeah. I can't disagree, but you know, here here's one thing that you have to say about this. Number one, this was one of the this was one of the shows that brought Toonami back on Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. But also the promo for this show was just wonderful. Just on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Was, I think I think they said they used the line lambs to the slaughter. <laughs> I'm just like, oh well, yeah, that that explains it. Yep. Well, the thing was, I had already read the manga, and I actually saw um, Dead Man Wonderland the first time in, like, Japanese. So when they said he was bringing the Toonami as dub, that's the reason why I got super excited about it. Because I was like, everybody's actually going to enjoy it. But the only sad thing about it was, it never got a second season. 
which you know i'm gonna be honest with you like if this is something that i that i rehash every once in a while but if any show needs another season it's dead man wonderland and it really does it's it's like just well overdue at this point and you know if adult swim wants to like do a second season for an anime this is the one that they need to do it with Mm. point blank yeah, sorry about it. I couldn't give you a good explanation of what Dead Man Wonderland was. It's coming man. up by midnight. Well, it is. It just went past midnight, so nobody's really cognizant right now. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> and Nana had a hard week, man. So yeah, yeah. They clearly had their reasons for forcing Ganta into the situation, and the question is, what are they? And we don't know because we didn't get that far, which is unfortunate. No. So all these great mystery elements we never get the payoff for. But it certainly was a fun time while it was on. <laughs> I mean, he liked the little he liked the hummingbird chick. You know, she thought that he was a fucking creeper right along with her brother and everything. But yeah. that one episode where he got pissed off and he just went off, that was a friggin' best. That was the first time I seen Gonda just lose his shit. Hmm. But like I said, once again, shout out to Greg Harris for making Gunter like over the top great. Agreed. Okay, Paul. What's your number eight? So number eight and let's say and number seven and six, these shows are either have been on Tsunami before or have been on Adult Swim before and then showed on Tsunami or both. Uh, so obviously we're on number eight. Um, I mean, if this show, if this show really isn't on your list, it's a, it's a classic. Um, I don't know what you're smoking, but you're clearly smoking something really bad. Um, and that is outlaw star. Um, I mean, outlaws, I mean, first of all, we got to see the, the hot spring scene. Uh, yes many years we waited so i mean that 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 should put it on your list automatically but um i mean what is there not to say about all us star you know it's the same thing i keep rehashing with all these shows it's got action it's a great storyline um the dub is good and you know I mean, I'm just going to throw a little nostalgia in there and just say, you know, those those promos back in the day for All Lost Star and uh, what they used, their, the footage in those other promos that Toonami did, just, they just, you know, it, it, it just made the series even more enjoyable, you know. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I just loved the, the whole story. And, you know, it was just great to have for Toonami to bring it on in an, in its HD glory. And, you know, that's about it. Mm. So. I love that 90s style animation, or maybe it's 80s. Uh, someone 90s. correct me if I'm wrong. 90s, yeah. I, I just, <laughs> that definitely is the nostalgia part, but also it's just, it, it's so striking. The hard edges the really mm. striking line, you know, there's something about that that adds a lot of feeling to the way yep. the characters move. And I've, I enjoy that a lot. Um, obviously, the space cowboy theme is one that is, is infinitely uh, inspirational and fun to watch. You know, it, it 
it brings it, it outlaw star is a great pick it's always you you can't go wrong with watching it and you don't get tired of watching the story so and and they have some interesting character development too it's not super in depth but they do have some character development which makes it a good action animation series overall agreed Hmm. Well, I'm just going to chime in and say that Melfina was my first anime waifu. <laughs> uh, she wasn't my first, but dude, I can't lie though, dude. I'd love me some Asia Clan Clan. Let me see if I can pick. Of course, man. Dude, she was strong, man. I like that. Mm. Gotta give her props on that. She was a little bit of an airhead at times, but dude, she was she was in the right place. So hey, heart and head was in the right place though. All right. Number seven. Oh, V Lord, let's see what you got here. Yeah, so my number seven is Gurren Lagan. Oh. Um another Hiroki and Aishi show. Um, I just love his stuff, and I think Gurren Lagann is probably my favorite mecha series, or at least at the very least, it's very high up there, and I just love kind of the journey that we see with Simone in it, like, we kind of have this kind of very kind of shy, like, not confident kid, and Kamina there as, like, a mentor, and at once Kamina's kind of gone, we really have to see Simone kind of go into his own and fight these like ridiculous battles and that's part of it too it's like kill a kill where from the outset you really don't know the type of series it's going to become like if you look at like them at the beginning underground just trying to go onto the surface you wouldn't expect it would end in this multi-galaxy like battle against these weird alien like creatures and it's that insane escalation that I kind of really love about Imaishi's work. And also props to Kazuki Nakashima, the writer who works with Imaishi on like basically everything. Like they are probably one of my favorite duos in like all of anime simply because like they create these like stories that are just so ridiculous, but fun at the same time. And well, one other thing is like the supporting cast of Gurren Lagann is just fantastic. Like, you have like all these like super quirky characters, like um, the one like a uh, group of like uh, siblings that the black siblings. Yeah, the black siblings. Yeah, I was blinking on their name for some reason, but I, I love the black siblings so much, and like uh, it's just like so fun kind of seeing them all interact. And also Vero, Vero was amazing, and I, I love like how, like, he eventually just kind of, like, joins the team at the end, and, like, his first, like, team up with Simone is, like, so badass. Mm. Yeah, Teaming so, up like, in the jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just love the series to death, and I think it really kind of supplanted my kind of just undying love for Imaishi, and also just, uh, eventually what Trigger would become. So, yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. Kamino's death scene. Amazing. Especially oh. since it's a Tomorrow's <sighs> Joe reference. If you reference Tomorrow's Joe, you automatically get a point in my book. <laughs> Dude, that's so Megalobox will be high on this list. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely is. 
Yes, I adore Gurren Lagann. It's just absolutely fantastic. It would be like maybe number three on my list, if not for the fact that it airing on Toonami felt like such an afterthought. <laughs> like, I don't even think the promo is very good, which bums me out. But it's such a fantastic show that it's it's going to be on my list. Don't worry. Hey, don't forget about Spiral Power. <laughs> Can yes. I just say, I actually, I think I actually watched it on the sci-fi block when they had it. Yes. That's when Anna I Monday. watched Gurren Lagann. That and um, uh, Double O. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely watched like one or two episodes on the sci-fi block, but I know before it aired on Tanami, I just went ahead and bought the uh, varying quality Bandai DVDs. Mm, I did cage. too. Back to yeah. the cage What's wrong with buying those? <laughs> he he watched it before he became on tsunami. That's a that's a violation. Back to the well, cage. Well, I watched oh. it on tsunami too. Like no 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 no. Just go back to the cage. We want to punish you anyway. So uh, for I, pity's sake. I'm glad <laughs> yes. I bought those DVDs though because uh, those are like man. He likes to dominatrix it. Gurren Lagann is the most balls to the wall show tsunami's ever aired. Oh no yes. no doubt. No, Darrell, Darrell likes to have his way with V-Lord, so I'll let him go first. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. He knows what's going to happen later. Exactly. I am very much prepared. Mm, but that's what you would say. <laughs> well, I got some wood for him, I... All right, so moving on. Girl, so would seven. you like to tell us your number seven? Yes. Yes! My number seven is My Hero Academia. I love the theme of good versus evil, the traditional sense. And if anyone's ever seen any of my tweets, you'll know that that's true. And everything about this show encompasses that, but it enriches it to another level of exploring like what makes a hero. The characters, there's, there's a lot of characters in there, don't get me wrong, but the characters are just so much fun to explore you get really attached to the way they interact with each other their quirks are really creative they're really interesting and can i just say dad might dad might is Mm. the best and i call him that because that's what me and my sister call him because he's everybody's dad and it's adorable and i love it i love all i love dad might I like the way he he just really takes Midoriya under his wing and he gets so excited that he gets pumped up and pumps into his All Might version and then goes back to his like skinny version and and you know the 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 there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of action, there's a lot of character development. Um you know the the training sequences can be super long and like that's kind of shown in that's what you get. Um but I I get really excited watching it. I get really into the characters. Um, I have Todoroki, obviously, is my favorite. The fire and, and ice element is just my, my favorite thing ever. He's got that dark element, which I've always liked in characters. And, and he's a really interesting character to, to, to see develop because he does develop. They all kind of develop and grow. It... it it's such an excellent series. I am behind in it, but I love that they put it on Toonami, even though they're, you know, a season or so behind. And I think that really just gives people who may not have access to some of the streaming services a chance to enjoy it. Putting it on television 
it gives it a chance to be the next childhood series we all grew up with. You know, I think I think they need to really play this on a on a prime time. Really, like like we all watched Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball and Naruto. This is one of those series. This is the kind of series that becomes beloved to your children. And you know, if and when I have kids, I'm going to show them this series. So that's why it's my my next pick. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good pick. I was mm-hmm. kind of on the fence about putting MHA on my list. And I ultimately decided not to, but I can't deny like how great of a series it is. I mean, I, like, yeah, I kind of agree that it very much is becoming a Naruto for a new generation. Like I know teenagers and even like young kids that watch the show and like they're super invested in it. It really kind of shows like the appeal that it has, especially in the American uh like American demographic where it has that uh, superhero vibe that everyone loves already, but it kind of changes it a little bit and kind of twists the formula uh, kind of with a more unique anime flair, which I I really like. There's so much positivity in the series too. There's so much inspiration and Midoriya just keeps pushing forward. He keeps finding ways to get to go on. And he, especially in this time when there's a lot of reasons for us to be negative I think a character like Midoriya is is a great person to look to to see, well, all these things went against him and he was just very determined to go on and be positive and find ways to get around his obstacles. And I love that kind of element. I really find that truly inspirational. Yeah, true. He was a little bit of crybaby in the beginning, but the thing is, the dude never gives up. Like... You got, like you said, he just, like you said, he just keeps pushing forward. And the thing is, like, he is so friggin' morally pure, man, that he puts, but the thing I love about this kid is he puts his life on the line for his friends and even people that he doesn't know. That is one of the biggest things that I love about him. He's just got a big heart. And the fact that he definitely deals with Bakugo the way he does, regardless of how bad Bakugo talks down to him, as much as I hate Bakugo, you know, <laughs> it's all for the character development because Bakugo was praised so much. You know, big big fish in a little pun in the beginning, mm-hmm. but he just really can't accept the fact that, you know, Midoriya is like, you know, surpassing him in so many other ways. And I'm like, dude, this man just wanted to be your damn friend. He admires you more than anything in the world, and you just literally treated him like shit. But at, at the same point in time, he is still giving you the benefit of the doubt and still treating you with respect. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I would say when it comes to Bakugo, though, he's kind of starting to slowly come into his own and show his true hero side as this continues to progress and he has Midoriya to thank for that and he also sees that you know why Midoriya now has All Might's power because he can see that he knows Midoriya he knows even though he was a he bullied Midoriya when he was younger it, it you know he he understands now like this kid is determined and I know that he can take this power and use it the way that it needs to be used. You character know? development. I I keep saying it. Character development. That's what that brings a lot to a show. And you have a character who's unlikable as Bakugo to show it. It makes a difference. And yeah. And I have to agree with V Lord too. Like this, 
didn't make it to my list, but I would. This is definitely an honorable mention for me. No, Bakugo just kind of reminds me of some of the guys I dealt with in school, man. Like, yeah. literally, would mess with me. I'm like, dude, I don't want shit to do with you. Let me just continue to be great in my own little way. But they, exactly. no matter what, somebody has something to say, man. And I, I think I bodied a couple of people, man, because of it. I'm like, dude, leave me alone. I was like, you see, get the hell away from me. They wouldn't stop, though, man. I mean, jealous of me for no reason. I mean, I stayed in my own freaking lane. And the day I put that dude through the wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Bakugo, and also kind of this also ties in, like, Endeavor, too, is that I love that MHA does kind of try to show these characters that, yeah, they've done bad things, but, like, they give context to how they've gone down this path and, like, when they're trying to be better people, they don't just absolve them of those kind of uh, mistakes. Like they're still there and they're still not forgiven for those things, but they're trying to be better, which yeah. I, I find I would a agree really with that. Yeah. important point to the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you like to add anything sketch? Well, I'd like to add that CJ's number seven is also my hero academia. Yeah, that does not oh. surprise me. I was gonna say, like, I, I feel like this is also on CJ's list, so there you go. I'm surprised it's that low. Yeah, so am I actually. I'm also surprised what? that his number six is as low as it is, but I, I don't, I don't know. He probably has his reasons. Now, I didn't put My Hero Academia on my list. I considered it. I just something about the season four really rubbed me wrong, and it's I don't know how I feel about the show going forward. But up to that point, at least, it was very solid, an excellent adaptation of the manga. It's really well paced overall, and there's great character development, great characters, lots of great action. The music is so great. I'm saying great a lot. It, it's also another one of those shows that's super inspiring. Like, how can you not be inspired by watching My Hero Academia? This is a show that this generation needed, and yeah, I'm is it really I'm glad that it's there. Story. I mean, talking on the adaptation front, though, like one thing I really do have to give credit to MHA as well is that I think it definitely showed a lot of uh, of the producers in Japan the value in like getting a high-quality production for a Shonen Jump adaptation. Especially, like, uh, you see now, like, a lot of uh, more bigger studios and more kind of studios that are focused on more heavier kind of self-contained productions are handling Shonen Jump adaptations. Like, we have Jujutsu Kaisen uh, being done by MAPPA. You had UFO Table doing Demon Slayer. Like, Mm -hmm. and that uh, actual effort to put in that quality shows because that boosts the success of the series and also gives viewers a more high-quality product, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, I agree. And Bones does marvelous things with My Hero Academia. Yeah, sometimes they don't quite capture the visual appeal of certain frames, but come on. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. Who had this... who, 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 uh... Mind melded with me on this one. <laughs> this, this isn't to say like so. So ranking can be a tricky thing, and it can change from year to year depending on what you like. Like you can love a series, but if you think about you know 
what is it? What what are your reasons for ranking things at different levels? Like I know how much CJ loves the series, so I can understand why you know seven doesn't mean that you didn't like it. Like how many shows have been on Toonami since 2012? Mm-hmm. You, you just have to be. You know, if we're we're doing this, let's be honest. Like it, it's it's a hard it's hard to pick shows. There've been a lot of excellent programs in the past. You know what? years or so so i i get it it doesn't it doesn't mean it's any less of a thing it's just for whatever reason in terms of how you value a series this one got the level it did for the individual i agree anyway i don't mean to go on it's not my turn anymore i'll leave it to sketch (laughs) yes my my number seven is parasite the maxim Hmm. Continuing a trend of Madhouse shows from Black Lagoon to this and uh, uh, no spoilers, but yeah, there'll be another. But Parasite was such a great show to have on Toonami because it was was a little different from the standard action show. There was a horror suspense drama to it. When I was first watching Parasite in Japanese, I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if this was on Toonami. I really hope that they get it. And then since I got it, I was like, oh, I guess that's probably not going to happen. And then they get a comic go kill. I was like, oh, oh, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then, boom, they announced Parasite as their second Sentai acquisition. I was like, yes, it's happening. (laughs) And it comes along as a perfect time. And it has such a strong first impression. And then we get that great marathon on uh, Thanksgiving, the feast. (laughs) Yes. And I think... It's just a really compelling show. It's an interesting concept that uh, there's these parasite things. You're not really sure where they're from or what their purpose are. But one of them fails at its job to take over a host and ends up just taking over the hand. And then they form this symbiotic relationship. And it's such an interesting dynamic. And as the story progresses, you come to understand that the parasites aren't necessarily evil or anything but obviously they do some bad things like eat people but you you get you know a little sympathy for the devil here and then and you have shinichi gripping with the fact that he's changing so much because of his uh incorporation with me and he realizes that like it's affecting his emotions and they're kind of flipping on each other. Like initially, Migi was totally emotionless, all methodical about everything. And Shinichi was the emotional one. But as they continue to meld with each other, they kind of flip. And Migi becomes more sympathetic, more emotional about things. And he starts becoming colder to the world. And he he's scared about that. And it's... Oh, it's just so good. It's so very good. Great synopsis, by the way. You did a good job of of reviewing everything that was strong about that series. And can I just say, I would never have watched it just looking at it and reading reading it, you know, the the blurb, if it hadn't been on Toonami. And I'm so glad I watched it on Toonami. It was really enjoyable and it was deep and psychological and it was horrific. And you kept coming, you wanted to come back each week to find out what happened with Shinichi. So solid pick sketch as usual. uh, I'm glad, I'm glad it was on. And I still think that it was, it was, that's the kind of thing that makes Toonami 
such a great block is picking things you don't think you would like. And then you watch and you're like, wow, wow, that was enjoyable. Yeah, this was a series that barely didn't make my list. Uh, mainly because like the manga is actually one of my favorite manga. Um, and I think uh, Hitoshi Iwaki, the creator, is like easily one of like the best like horror like mangaka out there. But I felt like the anime, when it tried to modernize a lot of things, kind of was hmm. more detrimental at times. Perhaps. Especially, like, I feel like there are definitely aspects of the story that don't necessarily work now, like, in, like, modern storytelling. Like, I think Paul's brought this up before. But it's, like, how, like, uh, a bunch of people get murdered in the school, and then the next day they're just, like, completely fine with everything. <laughs> Yes, I did bring that up. Yeah, that was uh, questionable at best. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I, I do, I do heavily respect uh, its themes of exploring like what it means to be human and like what defines humanity in nature. And I think the anime still was able to preserve that very well. And I think yeah, it's, it's a very worthy choice for any list. And I'm glad it was on Tanami. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll have a lot more to say about this later, but um, <laughs> I knew it. Um, I knew it too. But um, I mean, we we have to talk about it. Come on, Shinichi got laid. Come on, yeah, he did. That was a great sex scene. Can I just say it wasn't crass? It mm-hmm. wasn't graphic. Mm-hmm. It was done elegantly, and it was done with enough tension buildup that you really believed it and at the same time it was like it for anime to do that you see it on on non-animated television and they it can be hit or miss but this this was a good sex scene it it was i think they need to do it like this more and i don't mean like hentai style i mean like just have the inference of intimacy you know the inference of intimacy i mean the thing is you actually felt it it was like a connection between them when it happened Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Exciting! It was fun. It was like, oh my god, they're doing it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to encourage teenage sex in any level, but you know, you're watching this and you're like, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> I think what made it work though was like it was less about the sex. It was more about like the connection. Sh- yeah, the connection and kind of like Shinichi's mental state at the time because like that was at the point where he's still questioning like, am I even human anymore? Like, yeah. Like, I think that scene and the scene where he, like, bangs him his, like, head against that tree just to make sure he can still bleed. Like, those hit hard because it's just like, damn, he's mm-hmm. really struggling with his own identity. Never. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no. We'll have more time to talk about it. <laughs> yes, we will. All right. So, Darrell, you're next. What's your number seven? It was the same one, man. It was Parasite too, man. <laughs> like, like, dude, seriously. I mean, I enjoyed it. And, you know, even though V-Lord said, like, some of the things didn't adapt today, I think for the most part, considering that the manga was, um, what, around the 80s or the 90s, right? Yeah, late 80s. Something like yeah, 88. Okay. Yeah, okay, like 88. The thing is, it still adapted well to the current time. You know, it was just a few little anomalies that didn't work. But for the most part, it was just well done. And I really did like Miggy, though. Miggy, like, you know, like you said, the thing is, like, it was like a personality switch. You know, like, Shinichi started to end up being like Miggy, and Miggy started being like him. And 
the thing is, even some of the parasites, you know, they started to come into a little bit more sense of having like morals and having a sense of regret and, you know, remorse about some of the things they were doing. But at the same time, they understood that they had to, you know, eat to survive. It wasn't like they was necessarily doing this out of um, maliciousness. It was a point of doing it out of survival for the species. Can I just say that this show did a way better job of that kind of thing than Tokyo Ghoul did? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Why would you even bring that up? So I'll give Tokyo Ghoul credit. In the manga... No no credit to Tokyo Ghoul ever. (laughs) No, but in the manga, it's very clear that uh, the creator was influenced by Parasite because very similar themes of, like, what it means to be human and, like, Kaneki exploring, like, his humanity heavily parallels... Shinichi and Parasite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Shinichi explored it. Like gory it fan. It was like a gory fan series. You're basically saying like it was just a worse version of what excellence was. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I'll stop giving it shade. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? I didn't. I, I actually enjoy Tokyo Ghoul. I'm I'm dead serious. <laughs> The other thing about Parasite, a lot of people say that the ending's bad. I think the ending is... Yes. It may not be the most satisfying, but it works. I think for a story like Parasite, it makes sense for it to not be dramatic. Exactly. Or like the super high-stakes battle. Like, I especially mm-hmm. like how it's like the the final Parasite, uh, Goto, I think his name was, like, he kind of is defeated by nature. Yes, like, that's... Like, ends up being kind of a survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's so true to the st- what the story was. It wasn't about the battles. It was about these creatures interacting with society, their environment, humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my number seven is probably on Darrell's list. And if it's not, I'll be very, very surprised. You'll get the... And Sketch, I don't know if this violates any rules, but fuck it. I run the website, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> the power. Mm, I know. Nepotism uh, much? So, this series should have been on Toonami back in the day. Why it was on Adult Swim instead, I still don't know. But my number seven is Bleach. And, yeah, so Bleach... I mean, you. yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, what, what can we say about Bleach? I mean, Bleach was the thing that I tuned in every Saturday for uh, at midnight. I mean, it was that and it was Inuyasha. Those are the only two shows that I would watch on Adult Swim. Well, no, there was another series, but it got canceled. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. It's not <laughs> on my list, but... Um, that I can get. <laughs> um, so, I mean... What's there to say about Bleach? I mean, first of all, I'm I'm happy that they're doing they're finally doing the final arc, which is great. Um, Lord, yes, the gods of and if my prayers. And if Adult Swim does not get that, I will be fucking pissed off. I don't care like how much money they have to throw at that show. They better have that fucking on Adult Swim because that is that would just be a shame at this point. And bring back the original voice cast too. Oh, I, no, I, I don't think that they're going to have a problem with that. I mean, 
even though Viz is kind of buddy buddied up with Funimation, I highly, highly doubt that they're not going to try to get that cast back for that. I'm sure they're, um, yeah, they're still going to do LA dubs. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Ending. There's, there's no way. And I'm sure Funimation will be like, well, you know, you want to give us bleach, and adults will be like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and to be honest with you, where bleach was when Toonami took over the airing of it, um, was actually a good spot. I mean, for me, I, I really enjoyed seeing it on Toonami and the promos that Toonami does is exactly why you want to watch a series on Toonami rather than just on adult swim or anything. And don't, don't get me wrong. Adult swim did promos too, but it's nothing like Toonami. I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. Um, I mean, that final promo for the final episode, come on. There we go. So, and, you know, obviously we, we followed, we've been following Ichigo this whole time through, through his, through the whole journey that he's been going on and to have it end on Toonami, I think was fitting. And, you know, I'm just really glad that we're going to be getting another season of it. And I'm just hoping that not only yesterday that the, that the voice cast comes back, but that it airs on Adult Swim and more importantly, Toonami. So there's yeah. always a good place for long runners on Toonami, and I will argue that till the day I die. Exactly. In favor of the running show. I mean, yeah, I mean, and like regardless of whether you like or hate Bleach, it's like it was the pillar of Toonami when it mm-hmm. came back. There is there is one thing that I will say real quick about Bleach. There's two things. Um. Well, you know what? I'll just say the one thing. Like, it's the one thing that I, the one thing that I really wanted to see Toonami do was replay the whole series again. Um, I know that it had such a long run on Adult Swim that they were probably like, I don't know if I really want to do that. But you know, it it just <laughs> if they started that back in 2015, they'd be done by now. <laughs> exactly. And I think that would have, it, it's still. I mean, if you were going to do ship it and you were going to do it. Oh, the the other thing I was going to say too was. The one thing I liked about Bleach... Oh, no. Not quite done, Diet. Because <laughs> Shippuden's only in its 300s, and that started in 2014. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> the one thing that I definitely did like about Bleach was, even though it had that filler that sometimes you went, oh, my God, what the hell is this doing? You, it still came back into some really good action, and it was one of the reasons why I really liked the series, because... When it came back in, you were just like, okay, this is going to be good. And and I will admit, some of that filler was good, too, but not all of it. So. <laughs> the thing I didn't like about Bleach was the Don Kenoji episodes. He got on my fucking nerves. He was just fucking annoying. <laughs> the to spirits are always with you. <laughs> All, wow. I, 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 all I wanted to hear was, like, he turns around and Ichiko goes... Gets a good show and kills him. <laughs> I want to talk about this one moment from Bleach that recently came up in my Twitter timeline when Ichigo Kurosaki's like looking over at this bunch of punks and uh, Chad just got beat up and he calls an ambulance and he calls for five ambulances for the guys he's about to beat the shit out of. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> That's when you know you're confident that you're going to win, man. That's it. Great tactic, yeah. <laughs> They were not happy. <laughs> no, they were not, dude. And they got beat pretty bad. 
And no. I, I'm sure we'll talk about this more coming up. So we'll yeah. move on to our number six and our final pick for episode one of yeah, the yes. top ten. So uh, sketch. Wait, 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 wait. First, uh, let's let's go ahead and throw out any more honorable mentions that we haven't yet. So I almost put Dr. Stone on my list. I really love Dr. Stone, but I just felt like it was a bit early for that because I haven't really seen where the rest of the story is going. And uh, I think I've mentioned some other things along the way, but uh, Fooly Cooly almost made it onto my list. And it probably should be on my list. And I really like Fooly Cooly a lot. And I also Dude, really liked... Fooly Cooly uh, introduced a lot of us to the pillows, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I really liked Fooly Cooly alternative, not so much progressive. But I just, and I, I didn't make room for him. So, sorry about that. And I probably would have put Kill a Kill on there too because it's great. But so we I talked about it. I've mentioned about three of them. Um, the other one, and I kind of talked about this earlier in the episode. The one that's not on my list that will probably surprise everybody on here right now is Hunter Hunter's not in my top ten. Oh, what? Paul, what? go to the tsunami jail. What? The 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 chimera ant art just killed killed it for me, man. Oh I, wow! Just killed everybody to be sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. The reason it's an honorable mention is because it was a good show. But it, when yeah. when we got it was really good, and I was like, oh, this is definitely going to be in my top ten. Then we get to the chimera ant arc, and it just dragged on and on. And, mm. I, and I was just sitting here, like, banging my head against the table going, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, I just can't. Dragged like, on and then just killed people, which made it worse. Like, that that kind of killed the show. No, 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 I don't, too, I, don't I, don't mind, I don't mind, like, them, I don't mind them just killing people and whatever. It was just, it, it was just, it, it just, the way that it dragged on just took away from the series. And I was just like, wow, what the fuck just happened? Hmm. <laughs> like it felt like that whole arc was like a filler of complete crap that needed to be redone and shortened. Yeah, I feel like they should have found a better way to incorporate the heavy narration of the manga mm-hmm. at that point. Because yeah. mm-hmm. like they half the time they would put it in when it didn't need to be there. And I feel it's kind of a fault where like when you have animation, you don't need that third-person narration there. You could just convey no. it through movement. Well, no, I, I, the that's third, true. The third-person narration was didn't really bother me. It was just it. It felt like what Dragon Ball Z was, where you could have put you could have had a fight scene in one episode, but then you split it between three or four episodes, and you're just going, uh, okay. Or the, and and instead of doing that in in some parts of that arc, they just dragged the story, not a fight scene, the story, and you're just like, hmm. I, I I don't know what to say here. I will say we- that the pacing of Hunter definitely took a major drop in quality towards exactly. the end there. So, Darrell, Which- any honorable <laughs> mentions to you? Uh, let's see. Honorable mention. I would have to say Gundam Unicorn. That was lovely. The animation was so beautiful, Agreed. and we also had Banana Jar. 
<laughs> I was sketched so fondly, says, but Unicorn was just like beautifully done, and it was a good storytelling. And I think that they actually did a good job of breaking it down into like those episodes they did because it is a full movie. I think mm-hmm. they did a great job with it on um, Toonami. I like Unicorn. Good check. I think Origin held uh, did better with the whole splitting up the OVAs into individual episodes. Yeah, it, they really did with um Origins and you know, like I said, like I always tell people, people who don't like Gundam, I was like, trust me, if you give it a chance, there's a Gundam out there for everybody. There really is. All right, any more honorable mentions before we get to number six here? I, I mean, I guess. Uh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I I would say Samurai Seven is definitely one of mine. Uh, uh, C- hmm. Cowboy Bebop, um, Attack on Titan, and The Promised Neverland. Those are those are ones that were really close. But um, and I know Samurai Seven is kind of yeah. Samurai Seven is kind of not in my top ten. Samurai Seven is kind of like a a really earlier tsunami pick, but as I've said, I wrote an article about it. It's it's got a lot of nostalgia to me because it connects to a really good Akira Kurosawa storyline that is now considered timeless and classic. And I love that anime decided to take it on and make it character driven. Promise Neverland is excellent. I loved it. The only reason it didn't make it to my top ten is because there are other stuff that I liked more, and it's so short. Attack on Titan. Rich storyline. Excited to see what happens next, but it's also really dark, and sometimes it depresses me. Cowboy Bebop, great, but I could only pick one Watanabe, and I picked the one that was my favorite. So those are my honorable mentions. Mm. And, of course, Promise Neverland was nothing more than kids' meals. Oh, jeez, <laughs> man. Chicken Run the Anime. Oh, oh, it is Chicken Run the Anime. No one escapes from Tweety's farm. Oh, my God. Like I guess I'll pun. You Lord, put your honorable mentions before I before I kill Darrell over here. <laughs> um, yeah. So aside from the ones I've already mentioned, uh, Michiko and Hachin, really love it. Uh, Sayo Yamamoto is an amazing director. Um, Fully Cooley, um, really kind of all three of them. I honestly forgot that it was technically on Tanami. So yeah, Fully Cooley, I really like. Mm-hmm. And then there's one other one I was thinking of. What was it? Huh. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Demon Slayer, because we know you won't put that in your top ten. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. No, really, not. really, Cowboy Bebop should be on all our lists. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like Cowboy Bebop. Too. Oh, One Punch Man. That's what I was thinking of. Season one of One Punch Man. Specifically there. season one. Yeah, we don't, we don't talk about season two. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. I haven't seen season two just what because. All right, so we're gonna have to get to Relic Cage now too. Paul, have you seen season two? I have. Oh, oh, I guess you're gonna be the one that talks about it with me. <laughs> well, let me go because nobody else wants to. <laughs> let me go back and watch it again. I think it's on the app because I really need to. I really need to read back up on, or watch that again. I heard that it was just horrible, man. That's the reason why I'm so scared to watch it. It's not horrible. It's just not nearly as good. Yeah, like the story's still good. The animation just looks terrible. Oh, okay. Season three 
your oh, sketch. There, there's your there's your talk about Punch Man. And that doesn't we can all move on. Doesn't Girl, count. You say that every time. Doesn't count. I do, and it's still really doesn't count. Funny. Oh, wait, there was there was one other big one I forgot to mention. Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Uh yeah, yeah. That's actually one of my favorite anime of all time, but I took it off the list because like I didn't want to include any like Adult Swim action like uh continuations. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That would be probably in my top five if I hadn't taken it off. Yes, I... SAC 2 was a little strange. It had a good story, but it went it went in some weird direction at the end, so... <laughs> need to talk the whole day about not it. Not mm. get off topic, but yeah. number six. All right, yeah, let's get to number six here. Wait, wait, wait. I, 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 shout out, because nobody said it yet. Shout out to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Absolutely a fantastic show, fantastic adaptation of the manga. I mean, it, it was just a holdover from ASA, but it was nice to have around while well, it was. I The first time I actually watched most of it was on Toonami, so I had that connection. But yeah, didn't quite make my list. Neither did Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, though I like both of them very, very much. So, number six, V-Lord. Take it away. Yeah, so um, people might be surprised that this is this low, but it's uh, Demon Slayer. That's my number six. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> like, I would expect that to be in your top five, if not number one. I so, think like, Lord, if anything, is good as surprising us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's a reason for that. So I feel... I, I am heavily passionate about Demon Slayer. No, uh, really. but a lot of that passion comes from the manga first and the anime second. And yeah, I, I really still love the anime though, and that's undeniable. It's uh, one of the best Shonen Jump adaptations ever, if not the best Shonen Jump adaptation ever. Um, at least on like a pure animation perspective, especially like. The amount of effort that goes into every like scene of Demon Slayer is insane to me. And as someone who's been around with it since the beginning, like 2016, it's been astounding to see the growth of the series and seeing people latch onto it and fall in love with it like I did. Um, it, it's kind of a very invigorating feeling in a way because it's like, Early on, it was very hard for me to really sell the series to anyone. Like, I remember even selling it to uh, CJ and Laser Kid uh, back when Viz started releasing the volumes of the manga. And neither of them are really, so, like, uh, into it at first. Like, I think part of it may be the art. Maybe it might be the kind of more gradual buildup of the story. But with the anime, it fixes a lot of those things. With the voice acting, with the animation... With just the whole way everything's framed, it immediately kind of immerses you and invests you in Tanjiro and Nezuko's story. And I think Tanjiro and Nezuko as uh, lead characters are just very compelling because it's based around that sibling bond. Like, you have so many protagonists out there, like Deku, like Asta, not to really diss on them, but they have a very kind of traditional underdog motivation, like becoming these great heroes or kind of people of status. Well, Tanjiro's not looking for that. He's looking to only save his sister. And it's a very kind of selfless, like, goal that 
we see kind of continue on even as he's interacting with other people. Like he prioritizes those around him before himself, not even for humans, but also demons. As Paul mentioned earlier, it's like he'll mourn for the demons. He'll show them sympathy. Like he's acknowledged that these demons have done terrible things, things that can never be forgiven. But he still acknowledges that at one point they were human too. And they deserve to be treated like that in death. And I often compare Demon Slayer a lot to Shaman King in that way. Where no matter what alignment a character has, good, evil, neutral, what what have you, there's a reason for that. And the series goes out of its way to explain why that is and what led them to this moment. And I love that because, like, there's no just black and white. Everything is feels, like, comprehensive, and it really makes Demon Slayer feel like kind of a realistic, grounded story in a way. And I, I just love it to death for that. And I'm excited that... Uh, the movie is doing really well in Japan right now because, oh boy, it's going to be fun when that comes over here. And hopefully we get on Tanami too, because uh, that, that, that is going to be a doozy of a movie. Well, we're getting it to Tanami. Yes, I agree. We should have the movie on Tanami. Yeah. yeah. So like it's, I, I... it's breaking records in Japan right now. Like, yeah. It's already passed your name and a lot of the big like, anime films. It's wow. up there. It's going to be up there by the end of its run with yeah. not just anime films, but just films in general in Japan for bestsellers. Yeah. It's well, becoming- I, now I want to see it really badly. Um, before we move on to, to Kuro, because I think V-Lord kind of basically said everything about Demon Slayer that we need to say. Um just to remind everybody, we have a we have a podcast called the Demon Slayer Podcast, so please go listen to that as well. Yes. Wait, Paul, you have a podcast? I didn't know this. Yeah, because you're so obsessed with Demon Slayer, and I still don't understand why this is in your top five, but we'll move on. <laughs> I swear, man. He needs an ass whooping for real, Yes, man. he does. At the end of this podcast, I swear, your ass is grass. And I'm no, 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 no. We're going to put him in the cage and then tase him freely. Ooh, that sounds kinky. Exactly. Thank you. Curl. <laughs> okay. Surprise, surprise. My number six is actually also Demon Slayer. And okay. I have to say, and I won't talk a lot about this because everything is really being covered, but my favorite things about the series, as I said, when we, when you call me and, and V Lord, we talked about it with Sketch, you know, in another podcast. The animation is beautiful. The action sequences are really seamless. Um, I love the relationship between Tanjiro and Nezuko. I really want to see more Nezuko development, but um, it, it it's not just his devotion to her. It's her devotion to him that makes it extra compelling. And um, I like dark fantasy. It, it's funny because when I heard the series, like they said, Demon Slayer, I just thought, oh, there's a lot of series like these. Blah, I don't care and then i watched it and just like v lord said it draws you in it sucks you into the storyline it builds up really well uh so so yeah it's my number six because again character development telling storyline beautiful animation great action sequences and those are a bomb combination and i love shonen series so that's my reason thanks 
for other people putting it on their list too. Wonderful. All right, All right. Sketch. What's uh, CJ's? CJ's number six is lower than I expected. Black Clover. Whoa. Yeah. Good pick. Yes. Good pick. I expected uh, that to I mean, be top three. Yeah, yeah. I, I maybe maybe like number five, but yeah, I mean, I, I think where he put it's probably okay. But there again, I haven't seen his list, so I have no idea. You might be surprised by some of the things that you put ahead of it. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I love CJ though, man. It's just CJ's gonna be CJ regardless. Yep. Yeah. Who wants to talk about Black Clover? Um, Dude. I, I you know, love Black Clover. It's a great series. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot going on in it. It's busy, but it's also exciting and action packed. And yeah, it can be it can be kind of silly, yes, but that's kind of the appeal, you know. Not everything needs to be dark and compelling sometimes you just want to have an enjoyable easygoing fantasy action experience and a little tropey and and that's that's what you get with black clover and it's long running so the action sequences are long so you get that same naruto feel that you you crave so yeah that's that's what i have to say about that yeah i mean black clover is very much a homage to kind of the legacy of battle shonen series and it really embraces that just with how quick a lot of the battles kind of feel and the very kind of high octane just personality of asta and everyone around him and yeah that can be overbearing at times for some people but i think personally i kind of enjoy it in a way just because you sometimes are looking for that kind of adrenaline pumping type series and I think the place that the anime is in now from a production's perspective is pretty good. Like, I think the first 13 episodes of Black Clover are the hardest hurdle for most people just because the pacing's kind of a mess and it doesn't look that great. But the further you go in, the more kind of creative and unique it really gets. And I really love how they've continually brought on a lot of guest animators um, to work on episodes like at one point they brought on the guy who made uh the spongebob anime like youtube videos <laughs> he, he was one of the key animators on one of the wow episodes. that's yeah. awesome that is really cool globalization of anime that too that's the, cool that you know that the, the one thing i'll say about black clover that um and, you know, to be honest with you, I probably would make this, if I were to do, like, five honorable mentions, I'd probably make this one of them. Because I do, I really do like this series. Um, I do got to catch up on a couple episodes, to be honest with everybody. But um, from the one thing that, that I hear from people, and this is... This is, this is one thing that animes do sometimes wrong, is, like, the first couple episodes of black clover are jarring and you're just like i don't want to watch this and then after those episodes it gets really good and you're just like wow this is a really good series and then everybody else is just like well what do you mean it's a really good series i just watched the first couple episodes and it sucked yeah you know so you know it just goes to show like that's how, really important to do, like, yeah. to, to draw you in right away. They need to be better about that in series like this. 
Yeah, and the, and that's know? the problem with Black Clover is they 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 did they in the beginning of it they did they didn't do it the way that they should, but they definitely made up for it. It's just now you got to come back and kind of get people back into the series because they're all they're remembering those first couple episodes and being like, I don't even know if I really want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Dude, like I almost gave up Black Clover because of all the shouting, man. It was annoying. I mean, like literally, like misophonia just kicked in because I hated all the screaming. It wasn't necessary. Yeah, it really was. You know, At least Dallas made it a little that. bit more easier to. Yeah, uh... he he really did. Like when I heard the dub, <laughs> I was able to stomach it more. But man, seriously, sub man, I almost just said, "Fuck this shit! I don't even want to watch it no more." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, sketch. What's your number six? My number six uh, completes the uh, trinity of uh, Madhouse shows, and that being what punch. I'm surprised that's not higher, but continue. Well, that's because season two happened. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you're so it's like Hunter Hunter. Gotcha. Okay. So now we're gonna talk about season two. <laughs> we are not comparing Camara Ann to season two of One Punch Man. <laughs> no, we that are a disservice to Hunter Hunter. We are not. We are not doing that. No. Uh, I was joking. Okay, continue. I think this is about where One Punch Man was on my list before, but that was factoring in Cartoon Network shows like Megas and Justice League Unlimited. So it's you know it's staying about where it was. And I really liked One Punch Man season one. Saitama is such a fantastic character. His struggle is so realistic. I mean, he's like he wants to. I mean, it's not realistic, but at the same time, he's he's just it's a guy. He's, he wants to. He just wants to enjoy life, right? But everything's so boring to him now because he's too strong. And all these mundane things about life get him down, and he's overly concerned about things like, oh no, I'm gonna miss the sale. <laughs> like it's it's hilarious, and it's a wonderful play on this typical superhero action shonen hero genre. And it's he just he's such the opposite of all of those characters, and I love it. And then you got all these other wonderful characters in the mix that are just hilarious or entertaining in their various ways. Melodramatic and yeah. hilarious. Yes. And there's this whole concept of like, uh, uh, like a hero association and all the qualifications it takes to be a hero and all this bureaucracy that just seems like utter bullshit. And it's the bureaucracy that keeps Saitama down because he doesn't, meet up to their typical standards even though he's so ridiculously strong that he could beat up any of those guys but no he he languages in languishes in uh like c class because he just has a hard time doing enough hero work in one week to to do any better and then he eventually he moves up to a, a higher class but like it's just hilarious that his protege is considered one of the top ranked heroes now, but he's still low on the totem pole for the bureaucracy reasons. And 
I don't know. When that second season, I think there's a lot of good ideas. Like the idea of the hero killer, I think that's a good one. The monster association is an interesting concept. So I think story-wise, it still gains a lot of points, and it's still very engaging. But, I mean, the first season of One Punch Man was just pitch perfect in so many ways with the animation, the music, and the story all culminating wonderfully. You have these tender moments. You have these hilarious moments. You have so much great animated action. I mean, it's just like one of the greatest things Toonami's ever aired for sure. And I yeah. wish I could say that about season two, but I can't because they cheaped out. <laughs> It's a funny, it's really funny series, that's for sure. It's, it's hilarious. And they, oh, yeah. they get those one-liners down pat. Oh, oh yeah, they do. Max Milliman's delivery is so perfect. They're great at making the tropes that you see in other shonen into jokes. And I, I find that a really enjoyable aspect of it. Like, the, the characters that you see overpowered in other anime, and then here they, like, they do a two and then it's it's just it's just funny because then he just, you know, flicks his finger and they're dead. It's it's very, very good. <laughs> and then he gets well, disappointed because he's looking for a good fight. <laughs> like that series is very much kind of like an animation lover's dream too, because like Shingo Natsumi brought on so many different people from the animation industry just to work on episodes of that show. Yeah. And you really see it in like the final episode too, with like Saitama versus Boros, where that fight is insane in the manga, but in yeah. the anime, it just looks like a whole different beast. Like, mm. I don't know how anyone could even draw that. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It is insane. And it was so much fun to have around. And it was the only show to beat Dragon Ball airing after it. The only show. Props to that. Props to that. Yeah, it did. It did. All right. Durrell. Durrell. <laughs> Number six. Samurai 7. Yes! I mean, yes! I was... <laughs> I was I mean, expecting I, that. Yeah, I mean, I love yes. Samurai 7. You know, we made the joke, you know, Billy Bob the Samurai. Thanks so, Jose, but... <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously it it just had a like a twist of like sci-fi um mecha and samurai that i actually enjoyed not to mention the samurai could do some pretty damn awesome things man like you know being a, if a samurai was pure heart man he could really slash through the big novaceri and everything so and you know basically Samurai 7 was actually um, based off of um, the, Magnific the Magnificent 7, which is a Western. But, you know, it just had the Japanese spin on it, you know, with Akira Kurosawa doing it. I think they talk about that, too, at some point. But, you know, this was just rough, tough anime, you know, Samurai cutting it to everybody, trying to, you know, right the wrongs that the Emperor was doing, you know. And then also it really did take a shot at the cast system, too. To show how everybody was treated, you know, down from the peasant, the farmer, the merchant, whatnot. And, you know, really, the merchants tend, the merchant class tend to be kind of, they were fat cats, but the farmers and the peasants really got treated like shit, man. But really, in Japan, merchants really were despised. That's just how I see it. But it was an overall great anime for me. 
I love the things that Kambe did, you know, and I forgot the little young dude name. He was just so wishy-washy. One minute he loves... Um, yeah, Kazuchiro. One minute he's all on Kambe nuts. The next minute he's on uh, Kuzo's nuts, you know. But overall, Samurai 7, I think it did pretty well for what it was on um, Toonami. You know, the Adult Swim era and... That's pretty much all I can really say about it. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I, as I said, it was my honorable mention, and and it, it takes a really excellent classic samurai story uh, of villagers versus bandits, and it makes it it really enriched. It adds the mecha in. They add more character development, and it's it's so great to see something that's classic film put into anime. I will never get enough of seeing that. And and they made each character have a character. You know, you liked seeing Kambe and Katsushiro and Gorobe and Kuzo. Like, you like to see what their different strengths were in battle. So, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. That makes me happy. I mean, it was just a great, it was a great anime to me. And, you know, even though I'm not giving a lot of, you know, information on it, it just really did during that time when, you know, Toonami was bringing back, like, different anime. This was actually one of the ones that I actually enjoyed and look forward to seeing it, you know, on Toonami. Anyway, but even though I own the set, like, I managed to find that set on, I actually bought it off of eBay for, like, $20, the whole complete collection. And, you know, that was a rare find at that time. And then when they when I saw that it was going to be on Toonami, I was like, oh, shit, here I go. People get the experience what I got to watch on DVD. Mm. Oh, part of the Lucky Sevens. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, it was based off the Magnificent Seven, man. Akira Kurosawa just put his spin on it. I mean, you, you know, went from guns to swords. Are you, know, you I hope that sure that that's the way it's that the other that... way around? Yeah. Did it in the 1930s and 40s, and then Magnificent and then they Seven did the Magnificent is 1960s, Seven, and then they did the the yeah. Akira Kurosawa was a classic Japanese filmmaker. It was his story they did first. Let's see. Hold on. <laughs> I, no, I'm looking right now, man. Let's see. Hold on. Seven Come Samurai on. was the original. Okay, well, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award. He was the first Japanese man to get a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Academy. He deserved it, too. Damn, man. I'm just so, I'm so damn tired. My bad. I, I gotta, I gotta switch up. I'm sorry, y'all. No, <laughs> it's all right. Y'all know I'm on my shit. I, I did it, too, remember? Yeah. Max <laughs> Middleman. Y'all know I'm not in the cage. Everything will be fine. <laughs> You'll you just, just get a little yeah. pace. It'll be fine. Shut up, man. You just want to touch my butt. <laughs> yes, I do. Steampunk anime samurai. That's, that's good stuff. And giant robots, of course. I mean, like, seriously, you got to look at it. I mean, you know, I don't really go for a lot of steampunk. But this was one that I actually enjoy because sometimes steampunk can just be kind of boring and kind of redundant. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it certainly had a, a style to it. Yes, it had a certain aesthetic that we all love. And rest Good. in peace, Billy Bob. Ah, uh, yes, Billy Bob. Billy Bob. I'm glad that Darrell picked it so that I didn't have to. Yay, that makes me happy. I'm glad it just made your honorable mention, though, Kuro. 
Right. We both love our samurai, you know? We both love the samurai theme. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, Paul. What is your number six? All right, let me rip this episode up. Uh, my number six is, ironically, something that you mentioned, Sketch. And it is because it, it did actually get a full run on Toonami. Um, it is Full Metal Alchemist's Brotherhood. Hey. Oh, good. Okay. So, um, I mean, what is there What is there to say about Full Metal Alchemist that we don't already know? Why it's a good show. You know, the cast is great. Well, um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the dub cat? Well, let's not talk oh, about no, that. Not, we're not going to. Uh, the yeah, characters no. are great. Are great. The characters are great. Yes, <laughs> characters. Yes, perfect. Anyways, moving on. <clears throat> I got awkward. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is is a fantastic story. Yes. It you know it's it's got so much heartfelt drama, so many exciting adventures, these interesting mysteries, and you know certainly more than a little bit of political commentary here and there, and uh, religious Dude. commentary, and all kinds of manner of commentary, and it's it's all very well crafted. And like even the the minor side characters are just so good. I know, man. I mean, I mean the the, the thing that I liked about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was is it took from the the original anime series from the one point, and not only did it did it did it care did it take the anime in almost the same direction, but it it it, it was better animated it was it had better story. more story yeah it had more story to it and, it and it ended better than the original series i've always been one of those people that said that i would love to have seen them take the first part of full the the original full metal alchemist anime to that point put that on the front end and then put this and then start that from there. Yeah, because they kind of rushed those earlier stories, right? So. And I think that would it, that this series, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, would be perfect. Like honestly, like that just would have done it right there. So, but, but you know, it's it's you know, I think why this is better than the original two is the ending of of this series just was so much better in Brotherhood and not in the original and i mean we get to see mustang go fuck up people not once but twice in this (laughs) in this series like you can't you can't tell me that that just doesn't make brotherhood right there like those both of those scenes were just incredible and i I, you know i just can't say enough about these and to be honest with you you know maybe it should be higher on my list but i think once you guys hear five through one, you'll understand why it's not higher. But it's hard and hopefully it's on, to make hope, these lists hard. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, a lot of people gave me flack for, you know, having like, for example, Thundercats is my number one on the, on the ones that we did before. And the thing is, is you have to understand, like, it comes from our perspective of, okay, what, you know, what inspired you? What made you, what you know to you is the best tsunami show, and what 
you know, where is it coming from? And that's kind of how, you know, we go to do this list. And I kind of did it a little bit differently this time. And you'll see that with my top five. But, you know, this definitely deserved to be at number six, if not a little bit higher. So... I mean, like, Full Metal Alchemist just made a lot of sense in certain ways. It talked about genocide, you know, you know, prejudices, um, like she had said, like religious conflicts, you know. Um, you know, even the alchemists were used as dogs of the military. You know, that was like their ace in the hole, no matter what. Like, you had alchemists just... Well, that- let's not talk about dogs, okay? What about them? <laughs> Fuck you, man. No, do you know? Do you, you're not. You're not. You're, that's going over your head, isn't it? No, it's not going on my head. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. But anyways, but, yes. So, does anybody else have anything to say? I mean, I really like that FMA. Does a great job of handling its kind of ensemble cast because, like, for the amount of characters it has, like it really should not be as well done as it is, but mm-hmm. it just kind of works. And yes. I, I think a lot of that comes down to the creator, Himara Arakawa. She is just kind of naturally good at that. Like even in her follow-up series, Silver Spoon, like that also has a massive cast, but she's very good at narrowing on each one of these characters mm-hmm. and giving you a reason to actually care about them. And by the end of FMA, like, that's very much successful because there's so many fights going on in that final like battle, but you care about each one of these characters that's struggling through it. Agreed. So, yeah, um, that's, that's, uh, number six through 10 of our, uh, top 10 there. Um, interesting list. Yeah. To say the least. <laughs> Like, it's very interesting so far. We'll have to see where this goes. Um, but um, I think what we'll do is once this uh, once this episode comes out, we will you guys will see all of our top um, our six through ten. Uh, we'll post those on the uh, the podcast Twitter at Tsunami Podcast on Twitter and Facebook facebook.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. We'll post all of our. Uh, six through tens for our list. Um, but what I'd also like to see is what you guys think of, or, or I'm not saying what, what you guys think, but what your guys top 10 is um, for shows that have been on this version of Toonami. Um, obviously this is just the adult swim version. Um, so don't be bringing in the Gundam wing and don't be bringing in, you know, uh, <laughs> Tenchi Muyo or, the original Tenchi Muyo, I should say. Um, shows like that that played on the Cartoon Network Toonami. We're just talking about shows on the Adult Swim uh, version of Toonami. And you know what, Sketch, maybe what we could do is we will po- we'll also post the list of every show that's been on Toonami uh, on the Adult Swim. Maybe we'll do that as well. We'll just like share that Google file so that everybody can see it. And uh, if you guys want to send in your list, and we'll read it on the next episode... Uh, part two of our uh, top 10. Um, please send it to our email. It's podcast at tsunami faithful.com. Um, again, that's podcast.tunamifaithful.com. And um, 
we uh, we will try to read your list. We'll try to read all of them. If we get like that's a lie. If we try to get if we get like a hundred of them, I, we might have to be picky and choosy. But um, yeah, I mean, send us your uh, list, and we'll be interested to see what you guys come up with. So. Jose, please send your list too. I just want your input. Yeah. <laughs> Don't choose to be mean. I'm only interested if you have things that I like. I'm just oh, I I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just miss Jose some days. That's all, man. You just wanna you just wanna touch his beard. I got you. No, man. You know how much I used to get on Jose nerves, man. <laughs> well, we used I to do. Uh, and by the way, if you're a new listener, you need to go back and listen to the first couple episodes of our podcast because me and Darrell just destroy Jose. But that's not the point. <laughs> the 99 <laughs> F bomb episode. That was a day and a half for me. Jose was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not editing the podcast anymore. <laughs> Anyways, this isn't, the, this isn't about nostalgia. So yeah, uh, do send us in your topic <laughs> if you want to. Um, and uh, please stay tuned for part two of our top ten Tanami shows, uh, the Adult Swim version of it. And uh, I think we should just real quick go around and uh, say where they can find us on Twitter. And uh, we'll just wrap this episode up. So um, let's start with Vlord. Where can they find you, sir? Um, they can find me on Twitter at VlordGTZ. Uh, Kuro, where can they find you? Uh, happy Kuro Kitty, and also on the Tsunami Faithful website where I write occasionally. Please comment or share my articles. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Darrell, where can they find you on Twitter, sir? As always, you can find me at Ukami on, um, oh god. <laughs> Darrell's a little sleepy. Dude, like I said, it's been a hard two weeks week, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Being a essential worker is not easy some days. No, and it's, yeah. no, it's but yeah, you can find me at Ukami underscore Samurai7 at Twitter.com or you can follow me at, at NasiaRojoAdinasi at Twitter.com And uh, Sketch, where can they find you on the Twitter sphere? Find me at Sketch1984 on Twitter. And Paul, where can they find you? And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. And uh, if you guys are wondering where else you can listen to us, just you can just simply search Toonami Faithful Podcast on your favorite podcast app, and we're pretty much on every single podcast app. But as always, if you are a new listener and you're just catching up, you can listen to every single episode of our podcast by going to our website, podcast.tsunamifaithful.com. Or you can go to our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash Podcast. Both have every single episode of our podcast from episode one all the way through to this episode right here as well. So, But uh, that's it for the first part of our Tsunami Top 10. Thank you guys for listening. Um, stay tuned for part two, and uh, please do send us our, your list because we may just read them. But that's it. Peace. Deuces!